Yo guys, what's up? Listen, um, I gotta apologize. Um, I gotta apologize to you because you, the listener, because I feel as if you know the last couple podcasts, although they have been great, I feel as if I've been a little bit unengaged, and I've been so busy in my personal life, and I haven't done those guests justice. Um, just because I'm moving and lacking on sleep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and I feel like there's a level of engagement and curiosity that I was missing. That being said, you know, we got back to that today. We got back to that level of engagement, that level of just vibing and, and, and working on a certain frequency. So I'm so happy to be back in that place. I really feel I felt good um, about today's podcast and about everything that we're doing, you know, just in general with the podcast now. So today's guest, with that being said, um, was Heinz. Heinz is a unreal filmmaker content creator um just wise man beyond his years um in his early 30s and is someone who i don't know figured it out you know someone that you know we we related a lot i tried to find a way to disagree with him i failed um he has a lot of knowledge around relationships uh the opposite sex uh creating content finding your own path um and just really changing your perspective around life and 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 tuning your frequency so heinz is super super cool very intelligent very interesting really enjoyed the conversation and, and we just we just jived i mean it, it was just a super genuine conversation we both came to a lot of realizations and i came out of this conversation conversation a different person than when I went into it so I'm super happy about that incredibly grateful for this podcast incredibly grateful for my team uh, here at self-fired and incredibly grateful for uh, for Heinz coming through so appreciate you y'all and uh, check this out if you liked it please leave a review holler at me DM us follow the podcast on Instagram if you want to be engaged go hit us on Facebook we have a we have a group on Facebook where we talk about the podcast come holler at us uh, all engagement all conversation we will respond to everybody we appreciate you we love you and uh, enjoy the podcast here's Heinz everybody Heinz what's up what's cracking um first things first thank you for coming on I appreciate you taking the time out of your day I know you're a crazy creative I know you had a lot on the go um and I know that uh you're in a lot of different places so taking the time out and coming and hanging out with me I really really appreciate it man no I'm happy to be here thank you for having me first off well um you came to mind because I had done some digging online and found out that you actually yourself had a podcast and I was like, oh, this man is perfect for a podcast because I tuned into your creative content, et cetera, et cetera. If guys, if you haven't checked it out, go to YouTube right now, hindsight, da da da, da right. and you'll find some content. Um, but man, you are born for long, long form content. You think so? Mm. Oh my God. I don't know. Listen, I don't know how much editing that you do like vocally mm-hmm. in terms of like how much you have to cut your stuff up because it seems flawless. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do it pretty kind of one take in a flow that's what it seems like but i like to talk just like in one kind of take when i watch a lot of videos on youtube a lot of guys piece their stories in like an edited version so they'll talk a little bit in this scene and then walk to a different location and do and that i try doing that but it breaks my flow and your thought and my thought process yeah. like i get into like a stride and then i just let it go so when you say that i'm like yeah i probably do got to focus on more long form content 100 percent. we're waiting for it um that being said where does the whole, I mean, let's set the stage here. Where does the whole hindsight thing come from? 
where does Heinz come from? Like, what is the origin story of that? Heinz is my name. Heinz is your actual last name? It's my last name, right? So I, it's a play on word, but it's really my perspective. Right. You know, growing up, I was always, I was always the quiet kid. I was always very quiet, shy. And mm-hmm. I, the, the way I saw the world was by observing. Right. That's how I learned. That's how I learned people. Before I even spoke, I'd always just observe the room. So when I say in hindsight, it's really just like my perspective. Yeah. That's why I say in hindsight, everything going to be all right. Because, you know, it's like my mantra. Hell yeah. In hindsight. No, I love it. In retrospect. In, But it's funny. It's ironic because it's, you have such foresight. And foresight and hindsight. You, do, of you have a lot yes. of foresight. No, 100%. 100%. Um, so, I mean, that's what's up. So, that's, wh- that's one of the first things I noticed off of your content. I'm like, oh, Heinz, hindsight. That's pretty dope. I didn't actually know that was your last name. But mm-hmm. uh, regardless, and it's always, you know, hindsight is 2020. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I noticed on all your videos, all your creative content is this whole power by Ja. Right. Please explain that. What's up with that? What, what motivated you to, to go down that route and maybe explain Ja for people that don't know? Powered by Jaw is basically me translating that I'm powered by a higher, higher power, right? My higher self, um, mm-hmm. source, whatever you may want to call it. For me, I say Jaw. That's the way I translate God. Um, I don't even know when that came to me. It was one of those things that just flowed. And one day I was just like, a lot of times I'll be working or sometimes I'll watch myself back in a video and I'm like, who was that? Because I don't even know, like, mm-hmm. I felt like something else came through me. I'm like, that was like a different flow state. Yeah. You know, that was powered by a higher power. And I, when I started to tune in myself, I was like, yeah, that's Cha. You know, that's when I started to really grow my dreadlocks and like tune into Rastafari. Rastafari. So that's how I discovered that part. Yeah, it's crazy. The whole power by Ja is like a really cool little creative twist. And it also like, for instance, when you're watching a creative or a creative that's still growing or not super well established and you're like, well, it, it almost the whole power by Ja thing like adds a level of both legitimacy for some weird reason. I understand. I understand. It's like verified, like a Twitter mark. It's like verified. Like check, right? It is, you know? And you're like, oh, 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 powered by Ja. Okay. All right. It's a a statement. It's a statement. It's a statement. (laughs) And I love it. And I have a little bit of background on on that. So I kind of knew what it was. And I was like, I I understood. But, you know, most people won't. Yeah. Um, But it had that like, okay, check. And then it right, adds right. like a level of authenticity. Listen to listening to you speak about it now is like oh, okay, cool. Like this is just because when you look at yourself on camera, I do it with the podcast all the time. I'm like, who? Mm-hmm. You said those things. Yeah, you were there. Like, that right. was you working in those motions. Or like even when you watch yourself in hindsight in any mm-hmm. in any spot, you're like, wow, that's really amazing that I did that. Yeah. How did I do that? Okay, it's like you inspire yourself. Yeah. It's it's amazing. No, I go through those moments all the time, and that's it's beautiful. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, 100% is fun. Because you're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am beautiful. Yeah. Like look, at, like, look at me. Yeah. And you don't, it's really hard to have those moments like, oh, shit. That's when I started to find, like, real happiness was when I started to film myself and started to give a perspective. Because like I said, before I was, like, very quiet. Mm-hmm. So before I just shoot videos for other people, like yeah. me getting on camera was, even if you go back and watch my videos, it was, like, a process. First, I was, like, the first video... It was a voiceover, and it was, like, facing my back. So you couldn't even see my face. Then the next video was, like, a side angle of me yeah. talking. And then slowly, then I stepped right in front of the camera directly. Yeah. And the more I went, the more I started to love myself. Yeah. And I watched back myself. I'm like, wow, I'm having fun. I'm just having fun, like, giving my perspective, doing my edits, and, like, I'm enjoying who I'm seeing right now. That's me. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. No, it's unreal. I love the – you did a recent piece about negativity. And, uh, and that changed my perspective on you a little bit. 
mm-hmm. because I could see that you had crafted a lane. A lot of times, like creatives craft a lane and they operate within that lane and they're very comfortable, right? right? Or, or even myself, like I craft an archetype, I craft a personality and I stay in that personality. Right. And then when I watch your, neg- your negativity, a little creative, almost like a think piece, I don't know. Like it was uh, like- It was called Full of Pain, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Full of Pain. Right. No. No, 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 no. You did a separate spot, a separate one on negativity, tuning your frequency. Oh, yeah, that was actually the last one I did. It's unreal, right, right, right. right. Um, uh-huh. Anyways, and so you did that, and you had all these like you were expressing your thoughts and emotions so much visually through your facial expressions. Right, right, right. And like really having fun, and I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. oh, like he's putting himself out there like that, like he's comfortable. Right. And I was like, oh, he's operating outside of his spectrum. Yeah, and 100%. that's a difference in like that's the difference for me when I watch creatives like right. oh no, no they're pushing themselves I appreciate you actually watching that and taking that in like that oh man like if it's good content right I'm I'm sniffing it out and that's I'm like amazing how why is this like why I don't get engaged easily right right conversation engages me right video content and photo content doesn't maybe I'm numb I, I don't know maybe right, it's right, just right, I'm, right. you know well, there's so much of it. There's like, so much of it. You can digest it, it and you're like, shh, shh, shh. You know, like, if you're on the bus or wherever you're on the train, right. you're scrolling through, like, maybe you're scrolling through 150 images. You're just numb. Like, your brain yeah, can't yeah, process yeah. that. So if I see something that engages me, right. I'm like, oh, that was, that was dope. Right, right, now Let right. me dive in. That's dope. And those things are rare. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, there's not a lot. There's a million creatives and there's not a lot that, like, really catch my eye. And I'm like, right, okay, right. There's, there's, something's different there. I right. got to figure out what it is. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I got to figure it out. It's the same thing with people. Sometimes I encounter people, you know, the universe brings people into my life and I'm like, oh, you're different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you're different. But you could resonate. You could feel it. But you're different. 100%. Yeah. I met someone today. I met someone today. I did the grouse grind this morning mm-hmm. and I met someone today on the trail. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, casual conversation, whatever. And we end up talking the whole way up right, and, right, and, and right. talking the whole way down and, you know, end up being like this business development person for like the Vancouver Grizzlies, et cetera, et cetera. Crazy. And I'm like, how right how you does know? that happen how does that happen do you ever meet people and you feel like this may be weird but like they're versions of yourselves that happens to me certain people i mean i'm like i feel like you are like a piece of me <laughs> yeah it's weird like no, i understand and like you're almost like teaching me something we're like you know you're showing me something i'm supposed to see i don't know if other people see things like that but like i've met people i'm like wow like is this like a, a parallel universe going on right now? Like what's going on? And I'll, I'll really tune in and be like, oh, you're showing me something. And I'm probably vice, ver- vice versa. That's yeah. why we're connecting so much right now. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a mirror, but it's from a slightly different angle. Yeah. It's slightly you know, different. Yeah. It's like a, what do they call it? Like it's a, it's like a kaleidoscope. Right. In a way, Ooh. like you're seeing yeah, things yeah, yeah, differently. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, man, even this guy today, it was like, I feel, I resonate with that so much where yeah. it's like, oh, this is a person that, you know, in my life, we've had, I feel like we've had similar paths, but he's taken some rights where I've taken some lefts. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, that, that's where that could have led in mm-hmm. a way. And you're almost right. like living through that person in right. this weird way mm-hmm. just because the energy is, is connecting. Like yeah. it's, I don't even know what I'm talking both about. both feel it. No, but, no, I, <laughs> I connect with you on that. I understand um, that. I feel that in, in, in a real way. So anyway, so... I definitely really connected with that with that whole negative negativity thing and your your process so I dug deep like mm-hmm. I, I dug deep I was like oh, okay this is cool I went all the way back and started to see your early work and started to see how you grew because you used to work with guys like Tory Lanes and stuff like that and like 
really it looks like I don't know the story and, and I'd, I'd love for you to fill me in on it but like it looks as if you went from a place of like working and getting hired for other people hired for other people to really just like like you're to working doubling down on your own creative content and your own personality and your mm-hmm. own craft and then building videos and in and pieces how you want them mm-hmm. um and i don't know what that transformation was like but from what it looks like just looking from the surface level like y- you were on as a creative yeah very quickly too like so what's the story there what's the progression it was oops my bad it was basically like when i started doing videos I only started doing videos mainly to promote myself as a music producer because before I would make no music, way. yeah, okay. you know. So I started making. That's beats. where the beats come from. Okay, That's where the beats it. came from, yeah. right? And then when I started doing videos, like instantly, I kind of just had like a knack for editing. So people started hitting me up right away, and wanted to like get videos. So within the first, I say the day I started shooting videos, within that first eight months, I went from like shooting one of my own videos. And then, yeah, that's how I met Tory Lanez, and I started working with Universal Records, and then I ended up living with Sean Kingston, and then traveling with him. And this is still when he was like at his game, right? So like we're I'm going like Beautiful Girls and stuff. It was a little after Beautiful Girls. He had other other hits on that, but like we're in Brazil um, doing shows, eighty thousand people. I'm on stage, it's eighty thousand people right there. We're going backstage. T Pain's there. We're kicking with T Pain, and we go back to his house. Justin Bieber's at the house. (laughs) <laughs> he lives up the street you know like it was, so I went from my mom's basement to like eight months later I'm living in Hollywood when was this? this was like 20, eight, eight years ago seven years ago yeah it was like 2011 2012 yeah I think so damn it was it was it was definitely a trip and it happened very quick right? right um, most, it doesn't hap- happen like that for a lot of people <laughs> yeah you know what I'm really saying really doesn't yeah but I was blessed um I was definitely blessed. So you you were out making creative content for your music, and you what? You got a, a, a private message. You got a like. How did that? That doesn't just happen. Like I feel like there's a story there. Well, people people would seek me out, but I I also went on the offense. Like I would study. So I think the way I met Tori was basically. I noticed when he first got signed by because Sean Kingston signed him at one point, yeah, and he had like good videos. I was actually following Tori for a long time, so he had all these good videos, and then like a year later, he had all these horrible videos. Mm. So I literally sent him a tweet like, "You need videos," and I sent him two of my own videos from like making music, shooting myself, or whatever, because I felt like this is probably the most powerful piece to like really embody who I am as an individual. He hit me back right away and was like, "Yo, you're dope. Are you Canadian?" I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, where? I'm like, Vancouver. He's like, yo, I'm actually coming there in like two weeks. Great. Never been there in my life. I'm like, divine timing, yeah. right? So when he comes, he's coming here to do a show. We link up and then we kind of made plans. We're like, we connected and we're like, yo, let's like, let's work. Yeah. And uh, let's go to Miami or LA. So we were going to go to Miami, but he couldn't cross the border. He ended up getting flagged by the border because he was going back and forth, like grinding. And he was starting to have like online buzz. So they were able to pull him up. Like, yeah. so he couldn't go. So I was like, well, okay, that, that's gone. Um, and then I stayed in the city just working. And at this time, this was like, we're just shooting music videos. Like, right. This is how I know self-hired. Because at the same time, actually, self-hired shot my first video. No. This is facts. Shout out to Kevin Wong. Shout out to Kevin Wong. This was for <laughs> my birthday. It was a birthday celebration. It was called the Wonder Years. I, I flipped the Wonder Years beat. And <laughs> Kevin Wong shot my first video. I wasn't doing videos at this time. Um, Kevin was like the main guy doing all the videos. Um, Damn. For like Kilowatt and everything. 
And the way Kevin was one of the people actually inspired me to get into videos. Wow. And then at the same time, there was another guy named Gramps. He came down from Toronto to work for Kilowatt, Red One, Bottom Out. And he did music and videos. Wow. And I was like, damn, he does both. Yeah. I only did beats. But he kind of became like a big brother in my life and he really kind of noticed me. I think he resonated and saw something in me that he saw in himself. Yeah. So we kicked it and he said to me, like, yo, you need to like, like, the more you can do, the more of a threat you are. And I was, back True. then there's like more, I think things were very competitive in the city, you know, because we're all young, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of rappers, a lot of people, everyone's, you know, kind of competing, but working together at the same time. So I'm like, you're right. Like, I, I need to learn more. That's when I took on doing video. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So you hit Tori, you guys started working together and that leads you to Sean Kingston. That leads you down to Brazil. You start doing this, like you start hitting the shows, doing their creative yeah. content. Yeah, Kingston hit me up when I was in Mexico. And then I was in Mexico with a, a local band here. And Kingston hit me up. He's just like, yo, I want, you, I want to work with you. And I was, I was like, oh, that's, that's crazy. But I actually didn't even hit him back. And when I came back to Vancouver, I was in Mexico. I was just like on a whole other wave. I was doing like shooting music videos for this, this girl. She's super nah. dope. And um, I came back here and I was like, I'm not trying to be in Vancouver right now. So yeah. I hit him back and I'm like, yo, let's work. He's like, come to L.A. So I literally went on like WestJet. I had a $300 voucher from uh, WestJet because coming back from Mexico, they stalled the flight and like anyone who wants to get off will give you a voucher. I was like, okay, cool. Come back, check the flight. It's 300 bucks to get to LA. I have a $300 voucher. Literally have no money on me though. Like I'm broke, I got no (laughs) money. So like, I'm like, perfect. I got the flight to go. We're good. Booked my flight. I'm like coming on Thursday. Come on Thursday. He has someone pick me up at the airport, boom. Then I'm just like, out of nowhere, now I'm just like living in this house. And no one even knows because I didn't tell anybody I was going. I didn't say anything. The only person that I knew was my mom. Yeah. Right? No one knew until like I, I put out like a video, like a vlog with him. Yeah. So it was like, whoa, what the hell? Like, when did this happen? How did that happen? Yeah. Right? But it, that happened because Tori like hit him up. He's like, yo, you should check my dude out. And then he just hit me up. He's like, Sean was like, oh, I got like a good eye for things. Like, you're dope. And the weird thing about him, with him and Tori, is like, neither of them treated me just like a videographer. Like, they would both, like, on camera always be shouting me out. Like, even in, like, I think the second vlog, like, little tour documentary I did for Sean, he brought me on camera. And he's like, we're going to create a brand together. And he's like, brought me on. They always wanted me to speak. But I was, like, shy back then. Like, that mm. was, like, out of my comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. Or Tory Lanez would be like, Heinz is a genius. Mm. Like, on camera. They just didn't treat me like the guy behind the camera. They treated me like a creative. A creative, Which yeah. I respected. And that also like really did boost my confidence. I already was confident, but also like while I was with Sean, I remember the, the moment was we were in Brazil and he did like this really big show. It was like 80,000 people. It was a big festival. And I'm like step on stage filming him. And I was like, wow, this is insane. Like just 80,000 people in Brazil, like never been anywhere in my life. Like right. didn't have the opportunity to travel. So the fact that I picked up this like Canon T2, T2i and now I'm in Brazil <laughs> was crazy. But then something in that moment, and I like to say it was Ja, it was like, you need to tell your story. Mm. And I'm like, I don't have a story, right? And that's kind of was the turning point for like inside, but I didn't act on it right away. So, so, so you said, I don't have a story. How young were you at that point? How, how old was I? Yeah. 25. Okay, crazy. I was, I was a year into making videos. Yeah. Right? Hmm. I didn't start videos until I was 24. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I was making beats before. That's crazy. I wanted to just be like Swiss Beats, like Timberland. Like I didn't, videos oh, yeah. wasn't a thing. <laughs> How life changes. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're there, you're in front of 80,000 people, you're, you're filming. Like first off, being in, like that's a feeling that very few people, very few people get to experience. Like yeah. being in like that energy is crazy. Yeah. Um, 
so what you have a conversation you go back you're like hey i need to make my go my own direction like what happens there well there was a kind of there in brazil there was like a little bit of a hiccup and like i kind of noticed he didn't have like a solid team around him right in a sense he had like a lot of yes men tori or sean sean yeah he had like a he had a lot of like i would say like toxic people which makes sense like, which makes sense you know some but you know you look at people probably like like Drake and like Kendrick, you know, they have key players. They've definitely cultivated a solid foundation, like mm-hmm. a solid team. Mm-hmm. Sean would have kind of people who just come around for the, for the, the, the ride and the, the hype. Yeah. And, you know, I start to hear stories coming out of different people's mouths and people talking ill will of each other or talking mm-hmm. about Sean. And I kind of flexed the situation that this wasn't going to be like a solid team to grow with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had like my own little altercation mm. with Sean mm. and then we worked it out but I was still like listen I'm not like these other dudes like this is just like the second chapter in the book of Heinz so like you can't really ex- you can't think I'm going to be hyped off of I was I was arguing with him about something when it came to something he's like well you know you get to ride in the Rolls Royce and I'm like I don't care about those things like I'm here for opportunity right, right? that's why his mom loved me because when I came there I didn't care about anything else but just working mm. I would shoot I'd go to my room 10 hours later I'd come out with work go back into my room yeah. i wasn't upstairs partying i wasn't drinking all that. girls would be coming around i wasn't i wasn't doing none of that crazy i was focused so when the kind of scene i didn't move like that and then when i had that feeling like i need to kind of do my own thing and at the time i had a two-year-old daughter so i was like am i gonna get a house they were trying like they were kind of saying like you know you can get a house here if you want to like get the visa and i was like am i gonna set up a life in la because if i do this is where i'm gonna be this is it and my daughter's not coming with me to la Right, so like, what am I doing? And I, and then at the same time, certain things weren't making me. Like everybody was so happy for me, right? I also had like you know a dope. I had the Jesus piece, you know, like the nice oh yeah, crested one. So I was like, came back to Vancouver. People were like, man, you killing it. People hit it. and it's like, but I wasn't. And I've said this before in other talks, but I'm like, I just wasn't actually happy, mm. right? I just felt like I was going with the motions, with the perception of everything. But I'm like, it's man, it's not even resonating. Like, these are th- certain things that I truly wanted the situations I wanted to be in and now they're not and now it's, it's not it it's not it and that's like a hard place to be right because now you have to like break everything down again yeah but well, what do I want to do with my life yeah, so what now what do you mean like what else is there to do that's that crisis moment that's that existential crisis I thought moment. I wanted to be a music video director yeah. I thought I wanted to I would watch people like Colin Tilly yeah I'm like I want to do that yeah and then i always had i always knew like i did an interview i think back then with hip-hop canada and i always said like i want to do music videos but at the same time i want, I always knew i would get into other things but i knew for whatever i had to do that that wasn't going to be the environment to get me to where i needed to go yeah but i didn't know where i needed to go yeah. so i had to close the door right i had to close that door and come back okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, so you, this is not it. I don't know what it is, but this is not it. This is not it, right? It's <sighs> a lot of foresight. It's a lot of maturity too. Yeah, but I, I, I'm I'm a firm believer that like you can't open a door without sometimes closing another. So I yeah. knew I couldn't just play on the the sidelines on both. Like, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna do this because this is like hot right now, and then also try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I tried to do that for like a short little bit, but that wasn't gonna work. Mm-hmm. When I came back here, it was just kind of like. Still doing videos within the city, doing some things. We opened up a studio called Triangle Park. And, you know, me and Tori were still working together um, because I still heavily believed in him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's just every time I go to L.A. and work with him, it just never felt like the environment for me. I always felt out of place. Hmm. Interesting. And for some reason, Vancouver's always stuck with you as home or stuck with you as the place for you creatively. Um, Or is it more the place where your daughter was at? 
yeah, I'm grounded in that sense, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm grounded in that sense. I, I grew to love Vancouver more. I definitely, back then, I was like, every time I go to LA, I get into situations and meet people who could do so much for my career and give me so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. And in Vancouver, I really felt like I had a ceiling that nobody could do nothing for me here. That's how I felt. Like people in, still feel that in way. In the creative space, yeah. right? I still feel like that. I don't feel like, the, like in LA, you can meet someone that could like take you and be like, here, I'm gonna meet you, introduce you to this person and your life has changed. Yeah. Here, it's not like that. And, but to me, I realized, well, I'm not trying to climb this ladder. I'm not trying to go the route of, I worked with this person, this person, this person, mm-hmm. and this person. That's not what I'm trying to do anymore. So it doesn't matter if I'm in LA. LA is all about a name game. LA is about who you've worked with, then you put it in your bio, Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So I'm like, if I'm trying to do something else, it doesn't matter where I am, I could go back home. I could just figure it out. Yeah. I mean, like on paper, I mean, it makes sense. And philosophically, it makes sense. And it's a great story. It makes sense now because for me, it works. And it makes sense now. I'm not saying it made sense then. I'm just saying I just, that's what I felt I had to do. That's intuition, right? Right. Like I said, I was always the quiet kid. So I, I'm very used to my own voice. Right. And you pay I, attention to it. You understand it. Yes. I'm very used to my own voice. I grew up, I have siblings, but I grew up basically an only child, right? right? Just me and my mom out here. So I grew up by myself all the time. I grew up with my own voice. So when I listen to my voice, I follow it, you know? Right. But do you ever feel like that voice is lying to you at all? Like I feel as, as humans, we are inclined to tell ourselves what we want to hear to survive and what we want to hear to put ourselves in the paradigm that yeah. we want. And we want things that make sense. We, yeah, we want, we want the narrative to make sense. We want, like, we want to be right. Of course. But we're not right. Like that's just like, for myself at least, like, you know, I catch myself lying to myself all the time. Of I'm, course, we I'm do like, that. Oh, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, where's that voice coming from? You have to do that, though. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people are just like, oh, no, no, it's my intuition. I'm, but, uh, but a lot of people say, hey, listen, I'm playing to my intuition, but in reality, you're actually playing to your insecurities. Because mm-hmm. your insecurities, are, are they, they have this voice, and they tell you to go a certain way, and you're like, oh, they mistake that for intuition or a higher calling, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. When really, you're just playing into your comfort zone. You could be playing at your comfort zone. Very well could be. But you had to be able to challenge yourself like that. Mm-hmm. You had to be able to challenge those voices. I would say I made the right decision because the Heinz, the individual at that point, wasn't able to do the things I'm able to do now. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Like, I found, like, I remember I found happiness by having, at a time where I went into, like, isolation. I wasn't even posting any videos. I had no shine. Everybody forgot about me. And I was so happy. Like, really? I was waking up happy. Like super happy, and at the time I removed a lot of things out of my life. I was like living in my own. It wasn't like, you know, in a cave in the mountains. But that's kind of how I created it. That's how you felt. That's how I felt. Yeah. And when I reached happiness like that, because like I said, I was very shy. Like it was. Yeah. I, I, I had. I guess I would probably say like social anxiety. Like I would have to think about a conversation that I'm about to have in a situation. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like you would pre-plan out the conversation in yeah. your head in order to be comfortable in it 100 percent, because i wasn't comfortable fully with myself i make like making it up on the fly right and see where it goes yeah. that started to happen probably between the ages of like 19 and 25 that started to happen it wasn't right. like that when i was really young oh really i was shy but i was actually confident right but it was around 2019 to 25 that was more when uh, i started experimenting get into like hip-hop and things like that and yeah. that's when i started smoking and drinking a little bit all yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah, 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 I yeah. always say I lost a little sense of myself during that time, and then I came back to myself. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it takes it takes contrast, right? Like you can't 
it takes the dark and the light. Hundred percent. In order to be able to do that, so and it's really interesting that you talk about that because I see you have kind of created. Even today, I see just in your videos because you create a home. I see this little like asylum. I see this like little like it's a vibe, you know, like it's a vibe thing. It's a vibe thing, you yeah, know? No, like, it's a sanctuary. It's a sanctuary. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. That's the word I was searching for. And it seems like you are very happy just being there and being alive and mm-hmm. doing you within that space. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people on this planet like that. There's not. Like I said, to me, that was like. That was a beautiful, that didn't exist before. I created that. Yeah. And when you create that and then you look at it and you can feel it and you're like, oh, people will come to my home and they'll be like, there's an energy here. Yeah. That's me. You know, I cultivated that. Yeah. I created that energy and I'm glad you can feel it. Yeah. And then when I started to put that into videos and then I started to use my skills from making music Mm. and then my skills from shooting videos for other people. And then when I quit everything, I, I was editing wedding videos at a company mm. and I used to listen to podcasts like crazy and uh, Hot 97 and Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. So I fell in love with this. Mm. I fell in love with audio. Like I just fell in love with like radio. I was like, oh, do I want to do radio? Because I wasn't sure at this point what I wanted to do. Mm. And then that's when I fell in love. So I just took the music, the videos, and then the, the love for this and found a way to combine it all. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm my own artist. Yeah. That's me telling my story. Yeah. That was, that was the voice five years ago telling me, you have a story to tell. You have something to bring. I always felt like that, right? And I, it would, I always had to challenge myself. I'm like, was this my ego? Or is this knowing there was more than themselves? I, I really disliked when everyone would introduce me as Sean Kingston's video guy or Tory Lanez's guy. <sighs> yep. I'll be honest. I still get annoyed talking about it to this day. But I realize when I watch people do podcast tours, they say the same thing in every podcast because they're telling their story. And I'm like, it's a part of my story. So I, I realize I have to speak about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. everyone always wants to talk about it. I'm like, man, I'm so over that. Man, I, I had no idea. And I watched all your content. So it's you clearly like, I'm not saying I've you taken it out. You, it's gone. I, it, I've cleared it out. Like I saw one. I heard one sample from Tori. Yeah. And it was just a dope sample. So yeah. I'm like, I had to use it. Right. But yeah. there's a lot of content. I've, I've literally gone online and purged things. Like, cause uh-huh. I just wanted it to be gone. Yeah. But then I realized every time people ask me about it, I was just on a radio show a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to talk about. And I'm like, is this going to live? But I'm like, Heinz, right now, this is a part of your story. Yeah. Embrace people, it. Yeah. And people seem to grab value from it. It's a noble story. So people are going to grab value yeah, from oh, it. Yeah, yeah, At yeah. this point, it's a At noble point, story, yeah. right? <laughs> it sounds, yeah, it sounds great. You know, it sounds, it sounds great. It looks great on paper or whatever. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah so you, the, the bringing those three things together is, is amazing. And that's the, it's a limitless boundary of creativity. Because mm-hmm. sounds like our, our senses and, and you have a way of bringing that all together. And just to go back to what you were speaking about, about creating an environment. Mm-hmm. Man. You can go in a space and you can understand what the people there are like, mm-hmm. you know, and you can, and that's, that was a big point of emphasis. Like we just moved in here like a week ago right? and right, it was right. just like, it was like, okay, so let's, let's get our stuff in here. Like we have a ton going on, right. you know, you know, let's get things moving, but we have to do this right. And like, I got no problem. Like let's throw money at it or let's let, right, you know, right. let's, let's, cause it's really important cause we need people to come in here and feel something that's indescribable, of course. you know, and that's, and people don't understand that. I mean, that's what a lot of like interior design is about. That's a, what a lot of even just interacting with a human about is about like that. There's a aura in, in a way that radiates off people that is, is real. You can pick up on it. If you, if you're emotionally intelligent, you start to really get sensitive to those types of energies or whatever, right? Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. That being said, like 
it's hard to build that. Like I'm in a spot where with my own personal home, I have a ton of things going on uh, professionally and creatively, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I am on a hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. All I want is to, to come home and, and to, to create that space. But I've noticed that I can't even create that space because I myself am not in that space. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you, have, you already have the answer. I know. You have the problem and the answer. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very wise. Um, anyway, so that's why I've always liked your space. And right. when I've seen your videos, whatever, whether it's the plants or whether it's you know, the music that you create or the lighting, the, the aesthetic or everything, whatever it is, it's beautiful how you've uh, curated that. Do you have like any education in that? Or is that just like natural talent of putting things together in that beautiful way? Yeah, no. Like, did you no go education. to school for anything like d- no. design wise or? No. And it's crazy because like, this is like random, but like what I want to do in life, like later in life is I heavily want to get into like home decor. I'm sorry, I laugh, but like, no, I mean, that's this, epic. This is, this is a dream. Like, this is a, <laughs> and it's been on my mind heavy the last, the last three days for some reason. I even tweeted it like two days ago. I'm like, I want to get into home decor. It's like a, it's like a dream of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Please break that down. Why do you want to get into home decor? I just have a big passion for home decor, and especially like right now, um, I moved again. So I had like a beautiful spot in White Rock. It was actually more a studio that I was sharing with somebody and vibed it out and whatnot. But I moved again. So I'm in this process of vibing things out. And it's exciting because you know i get to cultivate the vibes and while i'm doing this i'm like i have a real passion for this and people always come like yo i've had people ask me like hey i'm opening up like this new space do you think you can come like check it out and like give me some advice or people like yo i should hire you to like vibe out this for me yeah i'm like i have a passion and i look at things i'm like i could create i could create decor like i could create vibes in homes i could i could do that and that would be like actual i mean everything's exciting for me but that would be so like cool that just make make me nerd out and that's something you know in my 50s 60s 70s <laughs> i could like continue like go to morocco and grab patterns do yeah. these like i'd love to do that you know yeah, yeah. um i don't have the time now but i just like called i just like create a lot of mood boards mm. i think i'm gonna go heavy on pinterest and just create like all my themes and stuff so yeah. like five over the years i'm gonna i'm gonna call, there will be a home decor thing. Like, give me like, I don't know, maybe 10 years from now, but yeah. it's going to happen. I love it. I love that you have that, like, I'm not um, attached to one thing or the other. Like, if I want to go do home decor, I'm going to go do it. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. And you know what? At the end of the day, like, who says you can't reinvent yourself at 50? Oh, like, bro, I'm a lifelong artist. Like, I, I always think I'm going to hit my real stride in, like, my 40s or 50s. Yeah. And, like, I feel like some of my best work may come out then. Yeah. I don't think it may be now in my 30s. I just came into my 30s. I don't think it may be now. Because yeah. I look at some artists, I mean, even look like Hove. Yeah. You know? That's Great a, example. Amazing. I just seen this woman uh, as well. She's 67. Uh, she's a model for, um, I know Rihanna hired her. And she's beautiful. She's 67, long gray hair. And she's like, not everyone gets the opportunity to age. And she's, like, a big model now. She just started modeling a couple of years ago, but she has mm. this like amazing look. And I'm like at 67, she starts. Mo- I'm like timeless, you know. What I'm saying if you can see, if you, I think if you can see yourself in a timeless state, like who says you have to like by 40 you're washed out, 50 you're washed out. Yeah, that's just a society thing, man. That's just a society thing. And it, you at 40 or 45 or 50, you can completely do something else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you're an artist, if you're a businessman, you can do whatever. Reinvent, reinvent right? yourself. You said something that you fucking gold um not everyone gets the opportunity to age oh that one hit me heavy oh i know 
That one hit me heavy. Like I'm, st- I'm not even. I'm working through the weeds on that right now. Like it's an opportunity. You know, the concept of beauty is crazy, and I, 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 I completely reinvented my perception of beauty just recently. Of like, you know, beauty was synonymous with youth. But I used to think about the way that I came into thinking about beauty in this new parallel was I, you know, uh, I'm an athlete and, and, and had played basketball uh, in Europe for a little while. Um, so it was a short stint. And, and I realized that your prime as a basketball player is very limited. And you hear, you know, guys talk about it. Hey, you've got two, three years, you know, you know, Kawhi Leonard's in his, in his prime or whatever it is. Like he's got to go now because he's going to lose that. And as you know, high, high, high performance athletes, I understand that. And then you look at guys like Hove, you know, who recently became a billionaire. You know, it was like your prime as a businessman could be 60 to 80. Why couldn't your prime in beauty be 60 to 80? Why couldn't you redefine beauty? I think we are. I think it's being done by this model that I see. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because it did redefine beauty for me. I was like, I was like, I've actually always been hyped for me at like 60, 70 with like long gray dreads. <laughs> I'm always just like, oh, I can't, I'm going to be so wavy at like 60, 70 years old. Silver fox and shit. Yeah, like yeah. just like fly, you know? Yeah. I think if you love yourself, you take care of yourself and you allow that passion to live even at 60. A lot of times people are like going like this down, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I've lived my life. Now it's just time. But if you keep that fuel like alive, <sighs> yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's the beauty there. That's yeah. how you redefine it. That's no, it's amazing. It's yeah, that's a societal thing where it's like, oh no, you've had your time, you've been young, you went, yeah. you got married, you you know, have fun, like the whole like have fun when you're young. But all of that is what changing. does that now, mean? All of that is changing, like even those time structures. But like, Heinz, 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 is it or is it changing in your world? Well, is yeah. it changing in the world or is it changing in your world? Well, my world is definitely changing. That's in my your pers- world is changing. That's my perspective. Yeah. Yes. I would argue that it's not changing in the world. I think it might, on an individual level, there's a certain level of awakening, a certain well, uh, level of a new perspective that's being gained. And yes, we're in, a, in an age that information can travel f- you know, flawlessly in, in an instant. And so maybe that will help spread that. But I think that I often get confused. I get, I, I, I'll have an inner revelation mm-hmm. and I'll look at the world and say, why don't you think this? You know, like, like, think like how you think? Yeah. And I'm like, why? Like I just, and I, and I look at the world. Like, that would why? be so dull. It would be, but I'm like almost, I'm like, I get inspired and then I look at the world and the world is not like that. I'm like, oh, I think it's like, I think it's dope when we don't think alike because that's how you come up with better ideas, right? I'm not saying that the uh, diversification and diversity generally amazing, of course, but I'm just saying that I don't, the, the progression that you see in yourself is not always reflected in the world. And that like makes me mad because there are, there's so much education, there's so many people, there's so much greatness in the world, and yet you don't see the progression that you can experience on an individual level because you're in control of an individual level. And sometimes I look at the world and I think, fuck, like how do I, how do I grasp that shit? How do I take that bull by the horns? I know, but when I started to progress myself, I started to see the world doing the same way. Of course, like the world, like you're saying, but like I see the world like that. Yeah. I see it, it, it changing. Mm. Well, my world is changing. Yep. So it's changing to me. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? It's changing to me. I understand we all, like when I was a kid, I used to like look at different people and I'm like, I can't believe every single person here has like their own world going on. Like, I wonder what it's like to be inside their mind. Yeah. I wonder what, like my daughters tell me, you're the best, you're the best dad in the world. Mm. Someone else will say that too. Like you can't have two 
dads that best dads in the world technically but you can because there's <laughs> we all experience the different worlds different right? worlds i think that's almost like when people talk about parallel universes i'm like well we all have our own universe we all have our own world we all have our own truth like i believe i believe there's one truth but i believe we all have our own truths mm. like 100 percent that we all have our own truths and like the beauty is is like when you can understand someone else's truth even though it's opposite from your truth yeah but you can understand them and yeah. understand that's their truth and that's what what they believe and you don't get angry by it you don't mm. try to change it mm. and you understand your truth mm. because that's how i think the world needs to be empathy empathy that's hard i struggle with that really a hundred percent i uh empathy is a huge i try to be self-aware of that every day i'm you know like because i'm very like i'm very like that's not the right way i have to change it i have to make that right oh really i have to uh, let me command that let me find a way to to shape shift that into what it should be because this is right you know, which is not the because that validates your own voice and your own yep. your own truth. It says, "Oh, hey, Josh, you're right. Yeah, you're correct, 100." percent And uh, but I've you know recently figured out that the the power to just look at that, understand that, and deep dive on that, just having it as it is, just looking at it and observing it, mm-hmm. rather than going in and changing it and making your own and making it into an image that you can accept personally, mm-hmm. is far more powerful. Than, than going in there and having the ability to smash something apart and build it back up. You yeah. know, it's not about building shit up your way. Well, when you do that, it's like a never ending toxic cycle. Like we're all, we all are always just going to argue then and battle it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone's not going to think the same way. Yeah. It's just facts. I mean, I think there's like a basic understanding of love and like, you know, how to be like mm-hmm. just a good person, mm-hmm. you know, have manners, be polite. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to different ideologies and things like there's always like you see in america like the left and the right you know you see with even people even down to the root like you have vegans you have carnivores now the people that see meat like yeah. people are always gonna be opposites but to me i'm like the vegans are right and the carnivores are right mm. that's their truth that's a good point because mm. how do i know what makes you the best person possible right like if i'm like yo jai is who makes me the best and you're like you know what for me a lot is my truth I can't tell you you're wrong. Like that, that's just crazy to me. I can't tell you you're wrong. How do I know that? I'm not inside your body. I don't know what resonates with you. But I know it's like, if you're living your best life and you feel happy about it, that's your truth. And my truth is different from yours. But to me, I still think it all stems to one truth. That we're like all connected. That there's a one source God. Dang, man. That's his understanding. No, there's a guy on, there's a guy on YouTube. He's really dope named Seven Bomar. He says that's an understanding. Mm. Right when you understand it, and Rastafari they'll say you know overstand, understand. Wow, I don't know what makes you. I don't know what resonates the best with you. I don't know what makes you the best you. Fuck, that's so true. I never looked at it that way. Because I used to, yeah, like like I just said, like look at other people's and other people's ideologies and go like, hey, no, 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 like you're being closed-minded. Like right. don't be closed-minded, because you know my personal goal is to stay extremely open-minded because I understand my youth and I understand that I don't have the answers. Right, so let's right, just right. not attach onto one ideology. Right. So when I peop- see people that attach onto one ideology, I'm like, no, you're not being open-minded. You may be right or you may be wrong, but I never even took it into consideration of like, well, maybe that's what makes that person the best person that they can be. Maybe that's how they live their best life. Yeah. And maybe that's the right fit for them. And that's how, that's how they make the world a better place is by being the best person they could be and that's why that ideology for that person is right 
Yeah, I like that. I, I got that perspective is when, correct me if I'm wrong, is it Jehovah Witnesses that come yeah. around to the yeah. houses? So they would come, me and my mom always would talk to them. And I'd always, I kind of play with them. And I'd always like chalk up a different religion that I follow. And they would, <laughs> oh, they, would, they would always, you know, kind of battle me that like, no, he, like not yeah. Muslim, yeah. this is the way. And I'm like, that doesn't, like, I'm telling you all your core messages, I'm telling you, this is the same for me. It's the same route. I understand. But this makes me the best person possible. Yeah. And like their resistance against me didn't make sense. I'm like, this is just, we're creating friction now. We're just creating resistance within each other. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, understand that you don't understand. Yeah. You know? But that takes humility. Yeah. But it's, it's very freeing. It's very freeing when you don't feel like you have to change every single person to validate yourself and make sure that your ideas are right. Yeah. It takes such a mental burden off of you. Bro, it's like a weight off of you. Yeah, you're like, oh, you know it's okay. I can live with the world. Yeah. Even because I was like that a bit too. Like when I first started, like, I guess, I don't know what spirituality, because when you first come to spirituality, you start deeming everything as like unspiritual or like that's bad. And then, and then it's like, no, that's like that's <laughs> the same way. That's just like, that's exhausting. Yeah. You know? Why do I have to label everything good, bad? Right. Oh. You know? It's just where it's just where that object that person is in that process. That's all that is. That's just a point in time, right? That's all it is, and that's subject to change. That's the thing too. It's very subject to change, and it probably it will. probably will it probably will it probably will change. I had to have I had to have like a serious moment of like, would you you said inner? Would you say understanding? Understanding. I had to have a serious moment of understanding introspection of because I I came to a realization where I was like, oh. All of my shit's gonna change drastically. I'm in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Everything's gonna change drastically. Like I have been on this earth for such a short period of time that I know that my experience will, you know, pivot my perspective 180 degrees or, or whatever it may be. I'm just doing the best I can right now. So when I'm in a situation like this on the podcast where we do a podcast every week, I'm like, oh, I just have to be okay with my opinions or my thoughts or my beliefs and be transparent with them as they are right now mm-hmm. and just be like this is what it is for me right now right and i don't know like it might it's probably gonna change it probably will change like it's my, like my perspective has changed from 20 minutes ago when we started this right from like that understanding and mm-hmm. you know like maybe that's what works the best for that person so it's like i'm a different person from then to then mm-hmm. and that's why i don't even like people <laughs> so here's another thing you can relate to as a, a creative is like i don't even like people referencing you know episode one Right, right, right. You know, right, I'm like, right, right. oh man, I've, I'm, I went through five different people since then. Yeah, You're like I've done a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I've learned a lot. There's a whole new perspective. But people yeah. will box you in because if you if you come out with a belief system or you come out with an idea, and then five years later that changes, people are like, oh, you don't know yourself. Oh, we can't follow you. And so, then people so, are scared to be like a leader because it's like, well, if I'm not standing on the same two feet that I was standing on five years ago, am I wishy washy? Nah, that's just growth. That's growth. But I don't think, I think people get scared of that. And I also don't think sometimes as like communities, we don't like accept that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We don't allow, we don't allow people to change like uh, retribution and uh, a road to redemption. Yeah. You see that a lot in, in society where like, I don't know who the, cause there was the whole me too thing. Right. Right. And it's like, as much as I, you know, don't agree with any of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never condone any of that. It's like, there should be a, Where's the road to redemption? Right. Like, right. How do you come back? How do you come back? Yeah. The cancel, I always say the cancel culture is uh, very dangerous. The cancel culture. What do you mean? 
it's very dangerous like when we decide to cancel somebody else like we did like i just like you said you know i don't condone certain things that happen to me too movement but some people let's say have done something like 30 years ago definitely and let's say have grown into a, who was it kevin hart kevin uh, hart kevin hart was a great example 10 years ago he had homophobic tweets right he's clearly like grown as a human being like look where he is in his life and people try to come from yeah you know that he didn't take the opportunity of hosting the oscars because he's like you know what this is getting out of, out of hands and it's like yo people have to grow like mm. 10 years ago let's say where was he first off a lot of people 10 years ago were homophobic especially in the black community hundred uh, um, percent if you're religious, you're going to be homophobic. It just yeah. makes sense. You know, right? yeah. If you go to Jamaica, very homophobic because a lot of people, all they have is their faith. They have that Bible. Is it really? Super homo? What was it? In Jamaica? Yeah. Oh, bro, what do you mean Jamaica? I it's don't like, know. I've never been. I don't know. Bro, we have songs out there that are straight about, yeah. I mean, reggae artists won't perform them anymore. Of course. But yeah, Jamaica for a very long time, I, I don't know, I'd probably say still now, is very... Uh, that's not, crazy. I, I didn't mean to sidebar you there, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, Kevin Hart, uh, right? Homophobic. Like, people don't want to allow him. They want to hold him to that. You know, they want to basically say, "No, you're still this person." And it's like, yo, you know, he grew. There's a road to redemption. Let's accept. Let's, let's congratulate the the new the new person the new and person, celebrate the new person. Right? He's, he'll address the wrongs. Address your wrongs, and you know, say like that was wrong. You know, have accountability. Yeah. But let's like embrace. Yeah. The person you are now yeah you'll lose people if you don't too like people shouldn't be x'd out of society like there's like there's kevin hart is like a great example like kevin hart is an outstanding comedian and actor and personality in right. in this life it's, could you imagine if we really x'd his ass out like we would that would be a net loss you could be missing out on someone made a good point though like imagine um they're like Martin Luther King or Malcolm X before. Everyone has done some wrong. But allow, imagine if we didn't allow these people to become Malcolm X. He wasn't always Malcolm X as we yeah. knew. You know, before yeah. that, he had some wrongs that he had a right. Yeah. Same with Martin Luther King. Yeah. Everybody kind of had like a past that they had to like grow and be like, wow, I need to be different. I need mm -hmm. to grow. And if we didn't allow them to become these people, they wouldn't have shifted and shaped shape the world. Mm -hmm. That's why I think cancel, I think cancel culture is very dangerous as well as when we cancel somebody out just for when something comes out that we hear or something and we're not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. we're like get rid of them and it's just like this off with the head off with the head off yeah. with twitter and then this is like and then we're, we're off that you know like by the next week we're on a whole different topic yeah but they've still been next out and they're done they're done they can never come they back. can never come back yeah you know yeah it's, it's uh it's witch hunts man it's like yeah. modern day witch hunts some people need to kept people need to be kept accountable accountable but yeah don't get it twisted yeah you yeah. need to be kept accountable yeah. but again it's, it's dangerous waters because like it's easy to cancel because you're not in that shoe or mm -hmm. you may never be in that because you're never going to be in the limelight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because so you can never understand. Everybody, I always say, like, in life, everybody's going to fuck somebody over and everyone gets fucked over. Yeah. It happens in business, too. Like, you, you, it just happens, you know? You end up doing some fucked up shit and you learn from it. Yeah. That happens in life. Everyone does something wrong. It's really cool, though, when you, when you encounter humans that, like... You know, if you if you mentor anybody or you encounter younger humans where you're like, I know this person's gonna go left when they should go right, and but this person is so solid in their foundation that I'll ride with them through that. 100%. That's a cool moment. Yeah. I'm sure you've experienced that as a parent. Oh my gosh, I experienced that as a parent. Yeah, and yeah. also just as like a human being because I've had a lot of my friends are younger than me mm. in a sense like i've kind of like a big bro mentor to them mm. i've always gave them keys to my studios and and why not they're good like six years younger than me and i've seen like oh 
you know, they're going to go this way, try to guide them this way, but just allow them to be who they are. The same way, that's how I parent my daughter, you know, mm. I allow her to be who she is. Okay. Does that philosophically, like I understand that, but what does that mean? What does that look like practically? I only learned it because that's from my mom. So my mom never like was like, I want you to be this person. I want you to be, go to school and do this. She just kind of allowed me to be who I am. She didn't put no, you have expectations to be like a good person, mm-hmm. you know, like, listen, like, I want you to like, you know, come with love, come forward. But my daughter, like all I tell her is like, you know, embody love and work hard because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you want to be comfortable. Work, eth- work ethic matters. And I always tell her, you know, do something you're going to love mm-hmm. and just be who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I got blessed because a lot of people, I realized, like, I know people, their parents are so strict on them and they have so many expectations of them. And it puts them in, like, some of them, it works for them, you know, it pushes them. But a lot of people, like, live in, like, mental slavery from it. And my mom just never, I realized I was so privileged. My mom just never did that. Like, as weird as I got, too. You have to understand, like, I just, <laughs> I just didn't go down, like, I, right? I just didn't go down, like, I didn't go to, like, university. I didn't go to college. I started making beats in her basement. Like, what are you doing? The next thing you know, I'm making videos. And then she starts to see I'm doing some things. Like, yeah. you know, I'm flying around the world. Okay, this must be something. Then I quit all that, start growing my hair, stop eating certain things, and, like, yeah. go into, like, she just always allowed me to be. And then she just says to me, like, wow, like, I love who you become. Look what look at what you've become. Yeah, but I always say like, man, you gave me the freedom. Like you didn't interfere too much. You kind of like just guided me. Hmm. That's really so. My my parents were similar. I grew up on Hornby, so it's a little bit different of a situation. But it was um, I had like two rules. <laughs> I had two rules. I, I had three rules. That's a lie. I had don't come home in the back of a cop car. Um, don't get a girl pregnant. And don't do any drugs if they're made in a lab. That's it. That's pretty disgusting. I avoided all of those things. That's good. And I had no expectations around school, athletics, no nothing. Right. Like my, my mom dropped out in grade nine. Like it was like, right, you right, know, right, like right. there was, it was like, go do whatever. <laughs> and through that freedom, like, yeah, you have a couple stumbles along the way, but you quickly find out like, oh, that, okay, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. And right. because you have that freedom, you can identify, no, 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 no. Oh, that looks good. Right, right. Let me go towards that. But right, without right. that, I mean, if, if you just have those horse blinders on, wow, if you just have those horse blinders on, you can't see the contrast. Yeah, that's, that's, you can't see the contrast. Right. So if you Crazy. can't see the contrast of the dark to the light, the light doesn't even look light. Wow. That's a bar. You may have to like loop that. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so true. Um, wow. I think. Did you have like a religion like growing up? Or were I your did. parents religious? Nah. Um, there are a lot, of, a lot of religions in my, in my life, a lot of influences. There was like a lot of, a lot of Rastafarian uh, type, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some Haitians and some voodoo. There was a lot of um, uh, Christianity, Judaism. There was right. like everything. So you were just like open to like all perspectives. Yeah, man. Like... And my mom let me do whatever. Uh, like my my grandmother's is a heavy like Baptist Christian, mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, we go and visit my grandmother in Victoria, and she'd be like, hey, you want to go to church? Right. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Like grandma's going to church. Let's go to church. Like what's at church? You know, right, like right, they right. get food or like what? Right, what, what are we doing? What's up? You yeah. know, like let's go. And then I just went to like Sunday school, went to church a couple times, and I'm like, this does not make sense. Like I was just like, as as an eight year old, I was like, why are they telling me what to think? That's how I was too. But nobody like plays religion on me. 
Right? So no what way. was your thought from an early age? I didn't... When I, I try to think of it because I'm like, what was my relationship with God as an early child? Because no one ever told me about God. Yeah. No one ever explained to me as God. My grandma, she was pretty, um, I guess, Christian. Mm. I remember I went to church with her once. Mm. And I was just bored. But yeah. I never... <laughs> yeah. I always just saw people like fighting about religions. So it was something that I just didn't want to be kind of a part of. Mm. And I, I hadn't really no identity of God, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I just didn't even think about it. I was just like, it was weird. It was weird. So how did you process it? Like, if you, even if you're in church that first time or, like, when you're first introduced to the concept, the ideology around that? I went that. to Bible camp. No, really? I went to Bible camp because they had wakeboarding and stuff. So I went lit. to Bible camp in Kelowna. It was actually lit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, me and my friends went. And I remember this is when I was really turned off from religion. And I'm not now. But, um they had all the kids at like in the hall and they're you know having their sermon and they're like preaching and they're basically like they were kind of making us feel a little bit guilty and most like i remember my best friend his name was ross he broke down crying a lot of kids broke down crying because they're like you know because they wanted to give themselves to god and they felt like they had to give themselves to god and i left and i went back to my cabin and i remember like my like we, we all had like big bro like um counselors or whatever right and he right. came back and he was like trevor like what's fun i'm like i'm just i'm just not vibing with that over there right now yeah and it just felt weird to me like yeah. anything with religion just felt weird so i just turned that off but i always felt like i was always very confident as a kid like i always felt like i had the ability to create my life right like i felt like i was in the driver's seat and like if you didn't want to do something you wouldn't do it right yeah right i, I always practice my own free will like just from earth i always say like when i was a kid because i had a lot of quiet time i don't know i feel like i had an inner standing you know like i, I like that's that just, word i'm gonna start using that yeah it's a good one yeah it's a little better than understanding it's an inner standing yeah but yeah i had no real recollection of god that way i just i was just confident i had confidence in myself mm. so listen I mean, this is something that like a lot of people struggle with because as as we grow as a as a race as a human race you know, we used to, we used to think weather was God. Like we did, we were like, "Oh, God is angry. It's storming." Oh yeah, I bet. you know, like yeah. And and you know, as science and our understanding and technology went, we we're like, "Oh no, no, no!" Like you know, there's like there's certain reasons why the weather's this way. There's low pressure system, et cetera, et cetera. Right, okay, right, that's right. not God. Da, da, da. Right, right, and then right, we've right, advanced, right. advanced, advanced, and now we're at this spot of like, um, you know, we look at the universe and you know, space time. And we're like, Oh, that's God. And so we continue to advance across this. And it's like, I always wonder if we were to extrapolate, you know, a hundred years or a thousand years, what does God look like then? Because let's be honest, if you look back 500 years from here, you look at the perspective that we see from history and we're like, Oh, that's that, that thought process is so in its infancy. And you're like, well, no, they just, you know, they were ignorant because they weren't as educated, but they, they went with what they thought they knew at that point. So today, I, like, I look at everything in, in full spectrum of like from the birth of man to the day our species dies. Words, words, yeah. And I'm like, if this is the whole spectrum and I'm holding my hands up for people that are just listening, I think we are one, one, one hundredth of the way. And right. so I'm like, I, I'm not with that perspective. I'm not entitled to believe anything is correct. Right. But that gives you a sense of hopelessness. Right. Yeah. That's tough. And that's a really hard thing to go through. 
I don't know. I choose to see God in everything. Like when I look at you, I see God. And because I can see God in you, I have to see it in myself. Right. Because if I'm looking at God, mm. then God must live within me. And I, 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 just, I just believe in that. Mm. Like when we talked earlier and I said, you ever meet people and feel like they're like versions of yourselves? When I, feel, when I come into those situations, to, to me, those are like almost teachable lessons from God. I don't have a scientific method of God. It's like, like you said, like, you know, we determine storms wasn't God angry and whatnot. <laughs> but to me, it's like, and again, this is my truth. It's just a feeling, you know, it's a vibration. It's, it's, a, it's a way I think, it's the way I, I can modern myself in the world. I started, when I started to see God in everybody else, I started to treat people differently. Mm. You know, on my day to day, every store I go to, any, any man I come across, I always call him my brother. Mm. Wherever I am, any store, I call everybody my brother always mm. any woman highest respect because i see god in everybody mm. and because of that i had to see god in myself and vice versa if i see god in myself i and i you know mm. yeah it's universal love yeah that's really interesting god is almost intuition yeah like essentially yeah how did Listen, the people that listen to this are are are, are your age and, and younger than you. And there's a lot of people that are highly inquisitive, highly curious and, and lost in a lot of ways of like we are we are all on a journey of learning. There's, the education is everywhere and, and people that listen to this seek out education actively. Yeah. So what I try to do is I try to put people and guests in a situation where bring us along your timeline. Like what was, as you recall it, what was your thought process from being that eight-year-old, 10-year-old kid and being like, okay, wait, this isn't, this isn't right. For whatever reason you thought that and how it developed through the years, you know, where you were repulsive at one time or, or what was your thought, you know, in your early 20s and how is it, like how did you get to this, you know, level of understanding that you're at right now? Like, so like when I was just saying, like when I was a kid, I felt like I had that level of understanding. I mean, even like spiritual books and people always talk like, oh, you know, tune into your inner child. I always, I, I feel like I was tuned in back then. I feel like I, I, when I grew up and I came around 19, let's say around 18, 19, 19 years old. 19 is when I started to smoke and drink. Mm. You know, I, I was kind of a late bloomer. Mm. Like most people I knew were like started around 16 or whatever. Mm. I waited till I was like of age. <laughs> but, um, I guess weed was legal then though, but that's when I feel I disconnected from myself, right? Not because I was like binging or anything. I was just like, you know, the average smoker and drinker, you know, go to a club, have drinks and whatnot. Yeah. But that was just so not me. Uh-huh. Um, the most important thing I ever did was after me with, the, with all the creatives, with like Sean Kingston, Tory Lanez, all that, when I came back and I had to rediscover myself, I had to turn everything off. And the, I always say the, the number one thing that allowed me to transform and, and find myself was celibacy. That was the, I still to this day, and I, I'll say like, I'm not gonna say I'm celibate for life because I'm not, but I'll say like, I'll use celibacy throughout the rest of my life at times where I need to sharpen myself, at times where I need to tune into myself. Wow. And that was single-handedly the most, that changed my life. And not because I was a sex addict or anything. I'm just saying that's when you go into celibacy, that's a different energy. It's, it's a difference. Like you can have not have sex for a while, but like when you're consciously, like when you go celibate, it's a different, it's a different intention. It's all about the intention. Mm. Right. And that put me into a different mind frame, a different space. And while I did that, I was able to remove everything. Like I stopped completely drinking. I stopped smoking weed completely. Mm. I stopped uh, consuming any kind of processed foods, any sugars, like everything all happened at one time yeah right and before that 
I was just like, whatever. I ate whatever I wanted. I go out with the homies, drink, smoke weed, make beats, whatever. Mm. Nothing too serious, nothing too bad. But when I, when I removed all of that and I was sitting there in my house by myself, dreads growing out, haven't had sex in two, three years, haven't drank or smoked in two, three years, Damn. had no crutches, no coffee, no sugar, no nothing. And I'm like, I'm happy and I have nothing to lean on. I was like, oh, I, this is, and that's when I feel, that's when, like, that's when I felt like, oh, I'm powered by Ja. Wow. That's crazy. Right? That's crazy. Okay. Take me through that, though. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> no, like, come on. Stop playing. You know, like, no, like, not, not to say you're playing or anything, but, like, that's a, I've ne- I, listen, I've never experienced that. And that's, like, I, I, I put that on a pedestal, me personally, because I love, um, I have an addictive personality. Right. Um, in everything, like everything. Right, right. You know, and so I love detaching myself from things because right. I'm aware, I'm, I'm self-aware in that. So I'm like, that. yeah, so I'm like, okay, let's, 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 let's put down coffee. Let's put right. down processed foods. Let's put down alcohol. Discipline, let's put down, man. yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about it. Yeah. I'm all about it. Celibacy though. Mm-hmm. What, that's beautiful. What man. was the fir- like, was that the first thing that you're like, okay, let me put this down. Or was it like coffee first or was it I never alcohol drank coffee, first? But, um, it was celibacy. So what? I remember I was watching. See, to me, that's the last thing. <laughs> no, because I was watching a video on YouTube. This guy, his name is Cochise Taraksa. He's like a wellness guy. And he had this video about how um, when you masturbate and you, and you like ejaculate, like you're losing energy. Mm-hmm. And then I watched another video, how they break it down, like how, how much actual like zinc and things you're actually losing. I'm like, this actually makes sense. Then I was tuning into this other guy called Matt Chia, and he was big on that in the Dow. They're like, yo, every time you, you ejaculate, you're losing energy. Then I started to research. I got this book about like Tantra in India, and they're talking about the energy exchanges. I'm like, this is interesting. I don't know where the celibacy fully came into the idea because first I was like, oh, I'm done with masturbating. That seems like a waste of energy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then next it just kind of came like someone brought celibacy to me. It was, um, it, was this, it was this African guy who's like an elder, and he said to me, he's like, yo, you should try celibacy. And he, he was a guy who could like kind of see spirits and talk to spirits. And he's like, you'll find a lot of power in there. Mm. And I'm just like, you know what? Why not? Like, let's just try it. I, you know, I only meant to try it for like six months or a year. But it would just, it was, it just had like profound benefits. How so? Like, break, like. So, first when I started celibacy, I failed in the first month because I basically went out. I don't doubt had, you, some, had some drinks and saw, she, saw somebody i was she like, was cute you know a little thing a little thing happened and then i was so disappointed in myself because imagine like you said you know you're like i like to test myself if i say no coffee let's say you cave you feel bad about yourself 100%. so i'm like okay if i'm celibate i can't drink because when i'm drinking i'm not in my conscious mind one leads to two so yeah. i'm like okay put away the drinking and then at the same time i was just like what well, if i'm not drinking you know i'm i don't, I don't really care about i don't want to smoke weed either let's just get away and that was weird because you know, everyone everyone just assumes i smoke weed i got dreadlocks like rastafari <laughs> like but i was just like you know what if i'm not drinking i don't want to smoke either um if i want to be creative i just want to find that within myself because sometimes if i wasn't feeling creative i would smoke to and turn get on creative, to yeah. get creative but i didn't want to do that so celibacy allowed me to remove drinking and smoking and i'm not saying neither of those are bad but they both could be used as crutches in your life right like you could be sad you could be stressed out you smoke a joint i'm better now but did you actually deal with the reason why you were stressed out did you deal with the source did you deal with the source or did you mask it and how long are you masking things Mm -hmm. for it could be a very long time right Mm -hmm. so when i remove these things things just 
fucking came out of me. Like emotions, I always had to deal with. I had nothing to lean on. I also wasn't leaning on food anymore because I, I used to just eat anything because I'm skinny. I, I, could, I can eat literally 45 Big Macs and not gain a pound. Like I'm just, mm. I don't know. I don't know what it's going on. Genetics, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just eat whatever. Health wasn't a thing to me. Right. But as I started to, you know, celibacy and learn about energy, I was like, oh, food seems important. Mm-hmm. So I started to... I first started um, experimenting with like raw food. So I started eating a lot of raw food, just like 80% raw fruits, veggies. I put away the meat for a couple of years and I was, so I removed everything at once. This is why I said I went into my cave. This was like my cave within the city. This is when I created my home and all my plants. Did you have withdrawals or anything like? Bro, no, not really. You know, the hardest thing was probably drinking when you go into like a social space and just even have like a casual drink there was probably like the first year for the drinking i would feel the need because again i was shy so drinking was also a thing where have a couple of drinks nerves are calm open up, we're good. open up but again that was masking me from actually becoming who i am because instead of me becoming comfortable with myself i was having a couple of drinks people do it all the time people go on dates have a couple of drinks it makes it easy a lot of people get drunk to even have sex with somebody the first time because they don't know them yeah. to me i'm like i've done that I've gone out like with a girl on a date. We had drinks because we don't know ourselves. And to get to the bedroom, I don't even feel comfortable unless I'm having drinks. I'm like, I shouldn't even be in that situation with her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you remove, like, when I removed all of that, it allowed me just to, like, understand who I am, deal with who I am, heal myself, anything that had to be healed, but also embrace myself. Yeah. And after you're doing that, once you're on that, like, on that road, you just keep going. You're like, well, it's okay. It's been a year. Why would I quit now? I'm, I'm, things are blessed. It's been another year. Well, everything, and it just becomes your lifestyle. Damn. It just becomes what you do. People get disappointed all the time because people always want to smoke with me. I'm like, I don't smoke, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, oh, you got dreadlocks. What do you mean you don't smoke? All the time. People get so mad. They're like, oh, it's a burn one. I'm like, I don't smoke. Damn. They get disappointed. Same with drinking. They're like, the only times I'll drink is just like if I'm like in a new city or I'm like, I like sake. So if I'm at like a cool sake bar, yeah. I'll like have some sake. But yeah. That's crazy, man. I um, I'm all about that that whole thing, because when you strip everything down, and you're left with the bare bones, like that's a scary moment. But that's when you get to feel your energy. Like I say, celibacy allowed me to feel my energy, mm. and that's how it allowed me to cultivate it and put it on like film and like create my space. Like I got to everything was removed, so I just had to feel. I, I cultivated my energy from the ground up, and that's mm. why I say I will be celibate for life. Not actually, mm-hmm. but in the sense I will use it as a tool like when i need to like oh i need to go in right now or right now there's things i need to learn about myself turn that off and that's like a zone you go into just yeah. like an athlete who's got to like prepare for the playoffs yeah. you know and i'll do that Damn. okay the next year we're going into that again boom and after i did that it's very easy i could go without sex very easily Crazy. after the celibacy for three and a half years then i was in a relationship after the relationship boom no sex for a year after easy no masturbation easy Damn. because this is like i did that i learned that mm. i don't find value in wasting my energy anymore mm. now i learned how to transmute that energy mm. when i started to learn that your sexual energy is the same as your creative energy that made sense to me mm. i was like oh so every time i'm horny i could actually take that energy and put it into myself oh that sounds much more powerful that's pretty cool that's pretty fucking cool yeah oh let me do that mm-hmm. that's like a real powerful see where beat. that goes let's see where that goes yeah and that's what i would do mm. and that's what i did mm. okay so two things two things the first thing is you use the word transmute yeah that's a different like you, you have a different vernacular 
What, what does that mean? What does that mean? To me, transmutes. I don't know what the dictionary no, definition what does it mean is, to but you? to me, it transmutes about, about like transmuting my energy, taking it from here and putting it into something else. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like I said, if sexual energy and creative energy is of the same source, instead of using it in the like my old habits would be like, okay, well, well, two things. Porn, like I think porn is like the worst addiction for people ever. Yep. I think it's just a waste of energy. Yep. Um, so and toxic. Yeah, and it's just toxic, yeah, right? Yeah. But okay, let me take that energy and transmute that. Like if people have like addictions, that's an energy. There's a way to transmute that into something else, mm-hmm. right? You can you can take a situation that's full of anger and transmute that into love. Mm. You know, so I have a video I put out on my YouTube a few months ago about a lady who was barking at me on the street. Yeah. And instead of like engaging in that bark, I transmuted that whole situation and turned it into a loving situation. I took the energy and I put it through my own filter, like I guess a filter process, yeah. right? Yeah. And then I, it came back with love. Yeah. They say like energy can't be destroyed, right? Yeah. It can only it's be transferred. Transferred. Yeah. So that's what I mean by transmute. And that's powerful when you can do that. That's like being your own alchemist, right? Like being your own alchemist. Have you read that book? I have, but I'm not like, yeah. I don't quote it all, all the time or yeah. whatnot, but... The yeah. concept behind it is it, the concept it, is, it stands yeah. it stands true. And he's he's a very have you ever seen him like on podcasts and stuff? I have not. Paulo Coelho. He's out, yeah, his voice is amazing. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. he just talks so cool. It, uh, he is. Uh, he has got an accent. No? He's got an accent. What yeah. is it? Uh, I forget. He was on Oprah's podcast and like yeah. he's just a wavy guy, <laughs> super wavy. Yeah. Um, back to that energy that that transmuting that transforming that transfer of energy. So, just I'm just thinking out loud right here. So. I, be- I believe the same thing where energy can only be transferred from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. However, there's like, um, there's a thing in economics where it's, it's, um, conversion, uh, efficiency. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, like a cow has terrible, um, energy efficiency because what goes into it versus the actual calories that comes out of it, like the calories it consumes versus the calories you get from a slab of meat mm-hmm. is terrible because we consume so, so much more. So it's like that energy goes somewhere and actually goes to like, you know, um, th- uh, thermodynamic heat, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But it's like, if we take that concept of like, okay, a cow eats a certain amount of calories, that's a ton. And it actually only produces so much when you eat it. And that's the problem with environmental and that's why it's so inefficient and et cetera, et cetera. But if we take that concept and then apply it onto our own lives, like where is the conversion in efficiencies? And I think it's in what you just spoke about in terms of these substances or vices or relationships. Like there is, like I challenge anyone to to take a holistic view of your life and say, where am I losing energy here? Mm-hmm. Like, where is there like an inefficient conversion of energy? Mm-hmm. Because I want it to be one to one. Right. I want it to be a hundred percent to a hundred percent. Right. I want to use all the food that I eat and and, and not mm-hmm. let that go to waste. I want to use all the energy I have in a day. I want to. If I have a conversation, I want to have a genuine conversation right. and an energy exchange. Mm-hmm. Where are you losing energy? I just think that's an interesting concept, and I've no, I just made that up, but no, that is. I think you're on the dot with that. <clears throat> um. So there's that, and then what I wanted to ask you earlier is, with this mindset around um, taking these vices out of your life. How do you view social? How do you view social media? How do you navigate those waters? Because that's your life. Like that has to be your life as a creative. I'm super disciplined. I have rules around it. Well, okay. What are your rules? I know. Normally, Instagram's not on my phone. Normally, I, I delete it like every single day. 
I'm in that I'm in that cycle right now too. I delete it like every single day. I have two phones as well. So a lot of times I have one phone I keep at home and that'll be my social media phone. And like my main phone I walk around with, I I take it off. Wow. Because I realize no matter what, like no matter how long of a social media detox I go on, social media is a beast. Like it, it will suck you in. Like quick. It doesn't matter how long I've trained, like three weeks I've been like not on it, I've been good. Like you spend 10 minutes on that thing and then boom, it got you. Dopamine right back. Right, yeah. right back. And I'm like, oh, this is a different kind of beast that I always got to be on the offense. So I really actually started to utilize the whole screen time thing and studying how I use my phone and social media. And to me, I'm like, I need a, a good balance. There's no reason for me to be on social media. Even like when I looked at it, I was like, holy my God, I was like on this for like a couple hours today. Like why? Savage. What was I savage? What was I doing? Sometimes my YouTube is hella high, and I don't care about that because I go on YouTube and I consume long form content. Yeah. So if it says ten hours of YouTube, I'm like I don't care. I was like three podcasts. I was like vacuuming and learning. But if I was on Instagram, I'm like, this is a toxic beast, yeah. and I, I see it as something very toxic. It can be. Yeah. If you're not disciplined. Yeah. Right. So that's why I delete it. I I realize if it's in my sometimes if it's on my phone, it's just natural reaction. I'll go, and then I'm like, wow. How, like every time I go into my phone, I'm not allowing myself to, I don't know, I would say like connect with Ja. Mm. I'm not myself to have thoughts. Like if I'm in a lineup at Starbucks, why don't I just be in the lineup at Starbucks? Look around, feel Look the around. energy. Maybe there's someone behind me that's supposed to, I'm supposed to talk to that's like literally got the answer I'm like stressing about right now. I don't know, Straight. right? Yeah. But if I'm like in my phone, I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be present. And when I, I, I've, I've tested it. I found a lot more happiness and stability in my wellness when I'm not focused in social media. When I go in there with purpose, you know, I could go on once a day with purpose and be like, I'm posting today, give my feedback. Who are the homies? Let me go show love. Come on. That takes 20 minutes at most. But when your social media is telling you you were on there for six hours, that's not, and then you're not happy with where you are in life. And then you accumulate that six hours in a month. That's 36 times 12. You're like, holy shit. It's like literally occupying my life. Yeah. And what's the return? Because my followers don't go up crazy like that. What's the ROI? What's the, yeah. Like yeah. you said, what's the return? Like the energy, like yeah. what's the return? It's horrible. It's ridiculous. It's horrible. And you're, when you think about that and then you think about, oh, wait a minute. I'm actually, every time I go on and I interact and I, and I give likes or I comment, I'm actually feeding a data center. Like I'm actually paying someone else's bill. Like I'm yeah. like, pay, I'm paying Mark Zuckerberg's bill yeah. every time I like something or don't like something. Cause then he learns my preferences. The algorithm learns my preferences. Next thing you know, I'm paying it's a, a machine. A it's, a it's a savage thing. It's a beast. It's a savage thing. Stop liking everyone, by the way, that, 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 oh, that's paying someone's bills. It's um, a beast. Anyway, you want to show love, like call me. <laughs> no, that's true too. Like, yeah, you know, be like, call me and say, I actually appreciate that too. And people, sometimes people will send me voice notes and explain, how they felt when they watched my video yes. or when, when we were talking earlier and you said, you said something about my video and the way, and I was like, I like how you explain that. I appreciate that much more than just like a like, a like is a like is whatever. It's whatever. Like, what does it like mean? It's yeah. just a like, like doesn't mean anything. And now they're taking them off anyways. Like, yeah, crazy, crazy world. So what are your boundaries around that? Like, how do you navigate that? Cause I'm, I'm learning to navigate that every day because a lot of things I do are centric around other people. I'm in the, like in all of, in all facets of my life and my professions is, is centric around people and people are on social AKA I need to be, you know, interacting on that level. Right. And so I'm constantly trying to like, like I'm just now I'm, I'm going through the weeds right now. Like what are your rules around social? How do you, so you, you delete it off your phone, but like, do you put limits or like, yeah, I give myself like a limit. Um, I decide like how long does it like, what, why do I need it? First off, like, like what why, am I, what am I doing yeah, here? Like, why do I need social media? Okay. Well, I need social media to create the awareness of what I'm doing. Yeah. So am I posting today? 
No. Uh, do I have anything to share today? No. Well, you yeah. probably don't really have to be on it. Sometimes, you know, I'll do some mindless stories, which I prefer if I don't do that. Because I realized I did a test one time where I'm like, what if I stopped just picking up my phone and just doing stories like this and stop picking up my phone, period. Instead, I pick up my camera and I actually create nice stories with my camera. Yeah. So I would only go on my phone for five minutes a day, but every single day I was doing like these professional stories with my camera. I noticed that, yeah. Right? And I'm like, I was just transmuting the time, I, the mindless time and doing something professionally, right? That's to me, mindful social media yeah, coming true. in with purpose. Yeah. If I don't have nothing to share, I really shouldn't be on it yeah. because that's not really where I find my inspiration, Yeah. right? Um, Instagram rarely ever inspires me. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel like shit more than anything, Yeah. right? But you have to, uh, social media, you have to be disciplined. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy world and it's only gonna get worse, man. I feel, feel terrible for kids. It's hard because like kids grow, are growing up with it and it's like you want to take it away from them, but then you know you can't fully. Like yeah. regardless, they're going to be a part of it. Yeah. That's why like my daughter has a friend, they have TikTok. So TikTok is like the kid, it's like Musical.ly, but it's like a social media app. It's huge. And they're on TikTok and her parents don't want her having a TikTok account. Then they let her have a TikTok account, but they're like, it has to be private, right? But her page isn't private, but she's like, don't tell my parents it's not private, right? So she's lying to her parents already about it. My daughter, she has a TikTok account. I know she has a TikTok account. I follow her. She sends me videos that she makes. I actually encourage her to make videos because mm. I want to be a part of it. I know this is going to be a part of her life. So if I can teach her at an early age how to be mindful of it, how to like, it's hard to tell somebody, don't care about the likes. You're going to care about the likes a little bit, but how to be, you know, be conscious about it. That's the route I'd rather go than try to like, hide you from it because it's going to be a part of your life regardless like this is 100 percent. It, 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 it is what it is that reminds me so much of when i was introduced to alcohol right like my parents were like here you want to try it oh go ahead try it like wow. my mom told me like taught me how to roll a joint at like 12 she's really? like here she's like come here wow. like, let me show you this Crazy. is what the, this is what this is about do you like it do you not like it at the time i was like <laughs> nope right and and you know obviously you know it's a it's a developed taste but I, there was no restrictions and it was all like oh i and as a parent, it's more like, I want to teach you how to use these tools in the right way rather than just not touch them at all. Yeah. You know, because that's going to lead you down a more destructive route in the long term. It's the same thing now with social. Like, okay, how do I use this in the right way? And I don't even think as adults we've established the right way yet. Like, it's such the technology is so new. It's like, well, I don't know. Like, what is the right way to use this? I think you're onto something with what's my well, purpose. I always say, like, your, your screen health equals your mental wealth. So, like, as much as you're on your oh. screen is, like, how you're going to be feeling your well-being. And I, I know everybody will agree. Like, if you're on your phone all day, every day, you don't feel all that great, right? Especially if your life's not in the best place. Because yeah. all you're doing is consuming everyone else's life being in the best place. You have to be disciplined. And to me, I literally... And I di I'm a disciplined individual. I, I, I find power in there. And yeah. I found out that social media is a whole nother beast that they've created. And no matter how much I work at it, if I come back to it, it can suck me in. Yep. Right. As time goes, I lose less, a little bit less interest. But regardless, if you're posting content, it feels good. The dopamine feels good. You yeah. want to see what people are saying. Another thing I do is I post something. I try to not look at the... Uh, delete it off my phone and for 24 hours I won't look at the engagement no really yeah because if you sit there you can sit there for like an hour or two hours oh there's another one there's, oh, another, there's another one, one. <laughs> and then reply to the comment oh there's a DM now go in the story the worst is looking at who sees your story that's just a cycle that's a and like what you said cycle. Mark you're just paying Mark's bills Mark's like yeah yeah 
loving it. So me and like post something and remove that instant gratification. Because re- wow. the most sustainable cycle for a creative is create, share, create. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like, especially in, in this day and age, because what's the, what's the problem now? You put something out, it's old a couple days later. Yeah. Like you, you can put out something amazing a week later, it's old. Yeah. And you have to do it again. Yeah. And I realized the only way to do that is to create, post, get back to creation right away. Yeah. Don't sit there in the likes. That's so me, I wait 24 hours, go back. And just get everything at once and it feels better. Oh, yeah. here, here's 200 likes. Here's like 10 comments. Let me reply to all this. Get back off. Uh-huh. Go back into creation. And it doesn't feel like crack, you know? Like, <sighs> you know, it like- is crack, though. <laughs> 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 if, you, if, you, if you use it like crack, it does feel like crack. It is crack. Yeah. yeah straight. So, yeah, man, it is what it is. Still trying to like navigate that. And it's not to say we don't like appreciate people on social and it does amazing things, but. I've had friends tell me, like, yo, you don't mess with me, do you? I'm like, why? You don't watch my stories. I'm like, bro, I'm like, I call you. I'm there for you. When you need me, I'm like, pick you up at that. Like, what like you, whatever you need. Any you think you need, yeah. like, you come to me with, like, you're broke. I'm like, I've got you. But, like, I can't sit up. No, I'm taking care of my screen held right now, bro. Dude, literally, I don't understand that at all. There was a time in my life, like, like two years ago, where I was like, I'm in a bad space. I need to audit what the inputs in my life is. I need to right. audit my environment. So I, like, went through, and I'm like, I'm going to only follow 50 people. Ooh. I'm going to follow 50 people, all and right. these people are going to be icons thought leaders people that are that give real value every time i see something pop up it's going to diminish my feed incredibly but what i do see is going to be amazing because i trust these people as sources of information of love right and i was like okay that's the way to go dude my text messages just it's crazy when people know you unfollow them right away nothing yeah they got the maps and shit i know is that but, what but it is? Like, oh, it's yeah, it's apps or whatever. For I was always sure. curious. I'm like, how did you know I just unfollowed? There's you? like weird apps and all that type of stuff. But see, that's a toxic place to be. That's a toxic like, to place have an to app be. To be like someone unfollow me, like that's that's very that's that's on your priority list. That's, yeah, that like, you shouldn't have social media at all. Yeah, but then people get it, people get it really messed up because it's like. Oh no! Like Joss, nah. Like J- Joss doesn't fuck with me, man. Like Joss, there's no way Joss fucks with me. He doesn't even follow me. If he doesn't even follow me, how does he, he doesn't fuck I've with me. Best friends. I've had a best friend say that to me. Like oh. you don't watch my stories, and I'm like, in the last month, I've showed up for you like 45 times while you've been going through some of the hardest things in your life. Yeah, I've been there by your side. Yeah, but you say I don't message you because I don't watch your stories. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, um, I wanna I wanna wrap a little bit. Uh, in a little bit here, but I, I gotta I gotta ask you though because you talk a lot about uh, switching gears here a little bit. You talk a lot about um, your views, your spirituality, your way of thinking, the environment you create, and your thought pattern, right? And there's a lot of parallels there, and and it fits into there's similar themes, and a lot of that is around like a, a Rastafarian culture, a lot of that is around like a a very creative culture. And people could box you in. Meaning when I say that is you fit, you have now created an archetype for yourself. And now sitting down talking to you, it's very apparent to me that you are many different people within this one person. Is it important to you to communicate that externally? 
communicate that of like, cause I, me personally, I hate when people put me in a box, like, because, because I only post, you know, I'll post a couple photos and mostly the podcast cause I'm excited about every podcast cause I love it. And like, oh, he's the podcast guy. Well, like in reality, the podcast is probably like 1% of my life. Mm-hmm. And so I try to do everything like to break that archetype. Now it's like Heinz, oh, Heinz is just a creative or Heinz is just a, he's just a filmmaker. He's just a videographer. Does that bother you at all? Like, do you try to break that? Because I know now sitting down talking with you, you're many different people but does that bother you yeah i wouldn't if i said it didn't i'd be lying like i i would always get mad when people call me a videographer i was like how you gonna call me a videographer like i do so many things like i express myself in so many different ways what are you talking about yeah um i don't like the labels because like even when we said i'm like yo i want to do home decor like and i laughed a little bit yeah you laugh because you're like what where does that come from but that I'm like dead serious, right? Which is fucking awesome. Right? I also have an idea. I want to, before the home decor, I want to do a, a visual audio. Like, I want to do, I want to like do my own TED talk, but tour it, but like mm. a visual audio experience. Basically, mm. like the energy I give in my videos, but like on stage. Mm. My biggest fear growing up was always public speaking. Biggest fear. Mm. But like, I'm like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So that, again, like, you can't call me a videographer when I have these other things in my mind. And I would do things definitely to try to like break that. But at the same time, I'm like, man, Heinz, you could just surprise people. People are gonna think what they wanna think of you anyways. People look at me and automatically be like, he smokes weed, right? People look at me and be like, oh, he has to be vegan. He has to be this. That, like, I don't, and I'm like, what? People are gonna perceive me how they wanna perceive me. Mm. But the surprise is beautiful. Mm. If I do things that surprise you, cool. When you mm. could talk to me and you're like, oh, you're different. Oh, I didn't know there was this part of you. Oh, interesting. I'm 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 content with that too. Mm. Yeah, it bugs the hell out of me <laughs> because you don't like being boxed in. You feel it. Yeah, but and then it's like, oh, he should move this way. He should act this way. He should think this way. When I'm just trying to break through all of that. I don't yeah, know. but it's hard. I mean, I think I think trying like always trying to prove to people and like break those from people. Like, I think that's an endless cycle that's also feeding your ego yeah i think you just got to do you and then like you know surprise people. don't worry don't yeah. worry about it at all yeah but i mean at the same time it's like at other times like they'll people nail it like oh yeah heinz like i bet he eats raw foods and shit i bet he's like super on a hell tip and you're like yeah yeah like but i like sometimes i like a bag of chips too like you know what right. i'm saying like i like to do like I don't want to be boxed in. Like you, the craziest thing I've watched is on YouTube is all these vegan YouTubers who had to come out with these confession stories that they started eating meat because of their health. And like, they were so scared to do it because they built this base about being vegans and they're like, okay, well now I eat meat. And it was like, people got so mad at them. Yeah. And I get it. Cause you created your identity off of this vegan person, but like then that that's what you did for your health and now you're experiencing other foods you're like oh man i eat some eggs i feel good but you feel scared to tell people that because everyone wants to box you in but you know what on that like i have such a profound respect for people that do do 180s like do like there's there's some vegans and there's even carnivores as well like oh, i really went down this i was really good attached to this community and then i did some research and mm-hmm. i realized that this is not good for the um for my metabolism or for right. my whatever it is like right. i'm not built the right way for right. this and i just attached myself to that and i realized that and now i'm going down this way that's powerful that's amazing that's amazing that's amazing right that's amazing you don't you don't have to think one way like you don't know at no point like do you have to think one way um and if something worked for you at one point it doesn't mean that it was wrong that it yeah. worked for that period that season 
that period of your life mm-hmm. that's what it was if that's how you ate for that season cool now you need this mm. now you're on this now you have more knowledge in the whole spectrum mm. right yeah i was looking into that like just on the season thing of like uh going through because i'm i'm traditionally so, so where people are from has so much to do with you know their bioavailability of different foods and what they have developed to um you know how they can get nutrition out of different foods and what foods work for different people if you're around the um the equator you're used to more grains and more fruits etc if you're from a northern you're usually used to more meat etc cetera, etc cetera, more fat heavy yep. so like my family is um uh northern european mm-hmm. and so you know uh, traditionally we'll have uh, a ton of meat mm-hmm. in the winter time meat and um um what's it called when you can foods fermented foods mm-hmm. um in the winter time and then in the summertime a lot of grains and, and things mm-hmm. of that nature because the crops are coming in right mm-hmm. so i'm just recently this year kind of like testing a little bit of like trying out. to like okay well, what do i feel like if i eat more meat intensive mm-hmm. um in the winter time and then in the summertime transition more fresh more grains etc right. etc and to be honest with you, like i feel great and right. like i'm not trying to like like, I don't know. Like, I'm just making this stuff up as I go. Well, and everyone's body is completely different, though. 100%. Like, what works for you is not going to work for me and vice versa. Mm-hmm, and that's, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. that's why I don't like uh, health, like, too much topics of people telling you, like, this is bad for you. Because I'm like, how do you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm allergic to cashews and pistachios. I'll die if I eat one. Yeah. Like, you may thrive. I love them. pistachios. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So we're, not, <laughs> like, we're not the same. Like, some people, some people can't digest meat that well. Yeah. When I stopped eating meat, like, for a few years, I, like... I was like, oh yeah, I, read, I watch all these videos, read all stuff. Like, yeah, your body can't digest meat. And then when I tried meat again, I digested it so easily. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And when you're talking about your family and your your heritage, mine is of Jamaican. Yeah. And then my mom's from Newfoundland. I also have on my mom's side some Inuit too. Oh wow. Right. You know what I'm saying. So my mom will say, my mom will say all the time that she's like very carnivorous. That's right? a crazy mix. It is. Yeah. Newfie and Jamaican. It's just random mix. <laughs> Super random. It's sweet. I mean, cool. Yeah. yeah whatever. It's dope, whatever. right? But again. You just, everybody's different in that way. Yeah, figure it out, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's whatever at the end of the day. So what, what made you go on this whole raw foods thing? Because I've, t- I've I'm, you know, you don't have to get, you don't have, I know you're saying everyone's different, but what made this whole raw food thing right for you? Well, that's not, that's not the one. I eat cooked food. Right. I eat everything. But right. For me, for me, raw foods was, I never ate, first off, I never ate raw foods growing up. I was like burgers and rice and chicken and rice. I was pure carnivore. Um, so when I started eating raw foods, it was just a different expression. And I, I started to enjoy it. Like the simplicity I really liked. Right. I like simplicity. Um, like appreciating things as is. Um, just like eat a mango. Eat, eat a mango. Eat a cucumber. Eat mangoes, a pepper. Yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, making, mixing a couple raw foods together and making like a little beautiful dish. The things you didn't know that go together. Like, you know, when you put like mango and salsa, you're like, oh, that's crazy. This all goes together. <laughs> like, it's just cool, right? But then there's lost a lot of energy as well. But yeah. then there's people who will like, go into that ideology and be like, I can only eat raw foods and everything else will like kill me. And if I eat a potato, I've seen this, <laughs> I seen this girl on Twitter. She was like, God, cause she's a part of the raw food community. And she's like, guys, I ate a potato and like, it didn't kill me. And everyone's like, Oh my God, that's it. I'm like, man, like, like I don't want to think about food all day, every day. And that's what people do. Right. Like to me, that has to be an autopilot. Cause I have so many things to do in my day. Your, your space. Needs right. To be and now it, like health, I realize health and trends are just like, it's all marketing. It's just all business. Now yeah. you have, like your keto, you have the vegans, you have all these things. And I'm like, I realize the food is the last thing I want to think about. Yeah. I have it on autopilot. I know what's good for me. Yeah. I know if I eat this meal more so in the afternoon is good. If I eat too much, too heavy at 7 p.m. is not good for me. I'm so more you're tired. lucky that you figured that out, though. I mean, I guess I it's experimented. Just that, I mean, that's time with like not lucky. Sorry, I experimented. And I didn't allow myself to get stuck in ideologies. Like when I went, I went fully plant based 
for a few years, a couple of years, and then I was like, eh. <laughs> I don't think so. I like salmon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I when I do my research, there's actually nutrients over here and over here. So let me have a little bit of this, mm-hmm. and I just experiment. But some mm-hmm. people grab something, it works, and then they promote it, and then they have to live by it. And then your body changes over time. Your as body well. changes. Yeah. You could be in a different place in the world. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Your body's reacting different. Your body's reacting different. It's different foods, different season. Like, yeah, I wish I, I was. I wish I was at your spot where I mean, I just, I just don't have the time on this earth and the experience. I'm constantly experimenting as well. But it's like, oh man, I want to have food on autopilot. I want to just be like, oh no, this is this is what this is what for me. I'm good, so I can just like not think about it. It just takes too much energy. It it really does, man. It really, really does. But I mean, food is also amazing and becoming more, more mindful of food as well. Like actually like, you know, chopping into a carrot and like actually hearing like the crunch of a carrot or or something like that. It's crazy. I also like not eating. That's something I I do like practice quite a bit. Oh yeah. Fasting. So like like extended temporary, like, what do you think? Like what's up? I don't even know. Like, I don't like, I guess it's, yeah, it's fasting, but I I don't talk about it with people because I don't like to promote it too much, but I like to check why I'm eating. Because a lot of times I realized when I was eating, it was just like emotional eating or boredom yeah. or like, you know, I'm fidgety. So I'm like, oh, when am I actually eating because I'm hungry? And some days I'll be very hungry. So mm-hmm. maybe I had like four or three meals that day. Friday and Saturday, I didn't eat. Wow. Right. I just had like juice. I had some coconut water. And then Saturday, I didn't even eat. I was not hungry. I, I'll just test myself like that. Huh. And then like Sunday, I started eating again. I had a yeah. bunch of fruit and then I'll go move into denser foods probably now within the next couple of days. Wow. But I, I wanted to know like, oh, am I eating? Because sometimes I'm just eating because I'm bored. Or eating because it's society or eating because you're in a group situation. That's or, fine. Or that's, whatever, that's enjoyment. Right? That's how yeah. you connect with people, right? That's, yeah. a, that's very important. Yeah. Um, yeah, we connect over food. Yeah, we connect over food. That's mm-hmm. like a beautiful experience. But I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't, emotional eating is a real thing. You know, like I'm stressed oh, out. Oh, it's damn, you know, bro. Yeah, I'm stressed out. Let me eat. And that comes back to my logic of when I said, when I removed smoking and drinking, oh, did I deal with the emotion or did I use something else mm-hmm. to mask it? Mm-hmm. So then I would practice not eating. Yeah, it's like dealing with the uh, effect rather than dealing with the cause. Right. 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 I yeah. mean, essentially, like there's always something deeper, deeper I, rooted there. I'm just a nerd for discipline, so I'm always trying to test myself. <laughs> But do you ever question yourself in that? Because I am too. And I'm like, oh, I shit. I have to practice maybe. letting go. Yeah, see, I'm sometimes not there I, yet. Sometimes I practice letting go. Sometimes I, I, for a while, like, I started to become known as, like, the health, like, like health guy. So people would be, like, around me and always say, oh, I feel bad eating like this around you. And that bugged me too. I'm like, yo, be, be human, me, right? Yeah. But I also had a power of letting go too because I got attached to, I, I believe food has, like, a vibration. And food is a tool that mm. you can use. But at the same time, I've practiced... Just like not caring and just eating whatever I wanted. How was that experience for it's you? It's fun, but like it's not. Gonna, I'm not going to sustain myself like that, right? Like I do believe, you know, you consume too much sugars and it messages your mind and just yep. like your overall nervous system. But you know, if you want to enjoy, if I want to enjoy one day, I have that flexibility to be like, you know what, I'm doing this. Yeah. I was just in, I was in Seattle a few weeks ago and I just ate whatever I wanted. I had a good time because you know what, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, I'm super disciplined. Yeah. But I need to be able to let go because if I allow, I, I don't want to be crutched to that. Yeah, I'm, I, I like I struggle. I, I struggle with that. I, I, I hate that. Like I don't like the because I I. I I believe in slippery slopes, you know, you know, and like, obviously that's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. But you also have to like, have to have that, like kind of that faith in yourself of like, no, 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 no. Like 
I know naturally I am this way or I have built myself into this disciplined person or I have developed these habits over time, I will come back to this and just like going. But I'm like, st- I'm just not secure enough to like let go. I did it a couple of weeks ago. Like I, I just totally let go one day and then for like the next, and then I was just super disciplined. Crazy. Again, like super disciplined. So like now I know I can do that. I'm like, I'm good. Cool. Let me just go. Let me just go over here and live life. Yeah. Live. Mm-hmm. Lit. Yo, man, you seem like you're in a, a very cool creative space and a cool just, you know, you have a, um, how do I put this? I was going to say a, a, a well curated energy, but it's not even that. You just have a free energy about you, right? So, I mean, you've built this over a long period of time. Actually, not even a long period of time, which is crazy. You're, you're the super young. I'm in the beginning. Um where do you go from here? Like, what are you thinking about now? Like, what are you, what's the next problem you're going to tackle? What's the next? I mean, you seem like you've been through it all from, you know, curing or not curing, but dealing with social or dealing with celibacy or dealing with your relationship with food, your relationship with work, your relationship, you know, with your daughter. You seem like you've been through a ton of things. Like what, what's next? Where do you need to improve? I need to figure out how to fully invest in my own brand. Because I'm spread out right now. Like, my mm-hmm. creative energy is with other companies and brands. And, like, it, I know for me, if I could give myself 100%, like, if I could go on, like, YouTube and, like, post three videos a week, mm-hmm. I have so much confidence in myself that mm-hmm. it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then I can get to where I want to do next. I can do my visual, audio, live perspective talk. And then I could do other things I want to do. Then I could do my home decor in 10 years. Yes. Right? But I haven't been consistent yet. Because I do so many videos, right? Because I have to sustain myself. I have to live, right? It's my job. It's my, it's my career. But I need to figure out how to fully migrate what I do, like my perspective, my, like what you guys are doing here, podcasts and things like that, and make it what fully fuels me as well. Monetize what I do. Fully invest in my brand. I seen today that Hove is like the first billionaire. Yeah. And I read the article and they're like, there was a point in Hove's career where he's stopped investing in other brands and invested in himself. Mm. That's when he started ownership. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like on my horizon. I had a little issue with my landlord this morning and he was like, well then just move then. And I was like, man, I'm just in a place where I want to be in like ownership. Yeah. I want to own what I do. I want to, I want to get to that space. Mm-hmm. So over the next couple of years, it's like, how do I, 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 I have my own thing, right? I have in hindsight, I have power by job. This, this is me. But how do I take that to the next level now? Right. I have to get consistent and I have to like, a line I'd have that not even balance I want to fully give what I do it's full energy it needs but it's hard <laughs> it's yeah. hard I mean I'm sure you've heard of the whole like uh, do half as much work get, get, but, get, but get paid just as much by like doubling your price and if, if you lose half your clients you're still getting paid just as much yeah I started doing that <laughs> I was on the phone last night and some, arguing with someone like can we negotiate I was like no <laughs> Because now I just see things as my time, like, you know, right. my creative energy. I'm like, no, like, I could go do me. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, your creative energy to ultimately go be an interior designer. Like, that's what you're, that's what those people are ultimately hindering. That's what that work is ultimately, like, hindering is, like, yeah, you're right. you can't creatively grow. Right. So it's like, oh, if I want to get to this spot, you're actually in the way, which is weird because that person's actually paying you. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's ROI. And it's like, well, you're not paying me for the five hours it took me to do this because you're actually paying me for the, for the 10 years of work that it took me well, to yeah. get to this point of doing this in People five hours, say, right? Like, oh, that's, exp-. like, I was on the phone last night and the guy was like, 
that's too much. Can we negotiate? I'm like, people will be like, you're fast at editing. Yeah. You could do fast work. I'm like, well, that doesn't make it, doesn't make it cheaper. Like, I learned how to do that. Yeah. Right. I learned how to turn an eight hour edit into a three hour edit. Yeah. You have to pay for that. Yeah. You still have to pay for those eight hours. Yeah. Those 10 hours. Like, Be- because I'm a more skilled craftsman doesn't mean I get paid less. Right. <laughs> but that's how it like, <laughs> and it's hard as a freelancer and hard when you do videos and stuff. Cause it's like, that's like always like the one place people are always trying to like cut on cost. Yeah. But they yeah. want the best. They want something great. But they yeah. want to cut. Um, yeah, it's tough, and they're ultimately hindering you to like where you want to go, which is like a weird thing to say. And and I know that I, a, a, a mentor to me and someone who's on the podcast is Nick Lowe. And Nick, Nick, I was like, hey, Nick, how do you justify like 150 bucks a physio session? He's a physiotherapist, right? 140 bucks, whatever it is. Because like I, like I'm broke, you know, like 140 bucks like for an hour. I'm like, damn, like that's ridiculous. That's not like affordable. And like, don't get me wrong, it's like some of the best physio around. Like it's 100 percent worth the price of admission. And he said the same thing, where it was just like, yeah, ultimately you're you're paying me because I have honed my skill to this point. And he's like, Joss, I'm trying to be. I'm like Nick wants to leave his business. So Nick, Nick is like the CEO of, of Myo Detox, and Nick wants to leave his business, which is growing exponentially, like mm-hmm. un just unbelievable, like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, was in a meeting with him last week. He's doing great, and he wants to leave, you know, in a couple of years and just go become a, a sushi chef. Right, That's and it's dope. like. And, and, and I asked him like, well, like you're having so much success here. Like, what's that? What's like, what's next? He's like, I just want to go make sushi. And I'm like, and like something went off in me. I was like, oh, okay. I kind of get it. You know, right. you know, no, <laughs> again, I just want, I want to do home. Before, <laughs> I want to do these other things. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's so listen, happen. man, on, on this whole journey and I'll, and I'll end with this because you know, your perspective is, is, is very valuable. In hindsight, you know, pun intended, when you look back at your life this far, your experience on this planet and how you have navigated the waters to get to where you're at, if you were to look back and say, you know, what was the most successful point in my life or successful decision in my life where, yeah, I could go left, I could go right, but I went this one direction and it paid off. I want to know why you made that decision, what that decision was and why you made it. What and was then the most successful? What point? was your most successful? And then I want you to contrast it with what what was the most detrimental, the most absolutely titanic avalanche moment that contrasted that. And why did you make both those decisions? Because I think your perspective is valuable, especially in hindsight. Are we talking perspective like in career wise? Whatever. In your development as a human being. Well, again, I have to come back to like the most successful pivotal moment in my life was when I decided to take on celibacy. What? Yes. I thought you were, I thought you were going to say like Sean or Tori or something like that. No. Really? Because that was the most beautiful gift I offered myself. It gave me the ability to come back to myself. That was the changing point in my life. That was like the pre-changing point like Sean Kingston well, when, and Tori Lanez. When, when, how, how old were you at that point? When, when was that? 26 at 26 yeah. you became celibate for a couple of years three and a half years remember how i was talking about athletes and prime and shit that's the time <laughs> no i recognize no no i recognize it too i was like yo i'm in my prime i, I but that's powerful too like 
that was because it gave me the abilities I, I i looked at a lot of like uh, celebrities and powerful men and like the one thing that seems to take everybody down is women like look at kevin hart <laughs> I'm sorry i love kevin hart he's like because yeah. that's somebody who's just such a he does so much i'm always trying to figure out how do you do what you do yeah but at the top of his game doing so well and he got caught up in such a silly situation while his wife was pregnant woman it's, it seems like women are a big detrimental downfall for men mm-hmm. i'm like i need to get a handle on this early <laughs> before it gets a handle on me well i have a daughter too i, I need to set this st- i need to set the foundation yes you know what i'm saying like yes. i need to set the stage wow so I, I feel like i gotta i feel like when i get into position that's that's not even a worry for me because that's and and when i come and when i do meet women it's like man you have to offer a, i mean we, we, we both have to offer a lot but like that's not even where my mind is like you need to really we need to stimulate each other up here first we'll get to that but you need uh-huh. to stimulate uh-huh. here first that was the most definitely the most important decision i made in my life was that out of necessity that was that was from yeah i felt like i i needed to do something yeah i felt like i needed to change i felt like i wasn't happy with who i was i'm like this is not me who i am right now i didn't feel like i was like i need to change Mm. And I didn't like, I didn't know that was going to do that. Mm. I just was like, I have nothing to lose. Like really, what do you have to lose if you say I'm not going to have sex for a few years? You just don't have sex for a few years. And nothing you're not going to do it again. I mean, I guess, like I agree with you on this. I surface. don't have to agree. I'm saying this is, this is my, <laughs> but I'm saying this is my, I don't, this is what I believe. Like yeah. I actually truly believe that like every man, especially and woman too, there's actually people in my life who about four or five people around me who have all gone into celibacy because of me. Wow. And all have said, thank you. Wow. All have like extreme benefits. Like I don't doubt it at all. I believe every, cause at, let's say every guy starts having sex around 16, 17, 18 years old right. on average and then has sex for the rest of his life. I think at some point, every guy needs to be, go celibate for a couple of years. Take a break. It's a break. Contrast. And it's, and it's going to be valuable for, if you want to have a wife one day, you're going to be a better man for her because of that. A hundred percent. Because you're gonna have you're gonna learn so many things in that process that you're gonna be able to give your best version of yourself to your future woman or whoever you're gonna be with, right? That was the most important just man, I almost wanna end it there because that was so good. But nah, no, what was your that was so that was a pivotal positive moment. What was the most pivotal negative decision that you made and why did you make it? Like a bad decision? Yeah. Most the worst bad decision was I don't know. It would just have to be getting involved in a toxic relationship. Really? Yeah. Like women. Being, be, again. Yeah, women. That was like the one thing. Like you know, just being, yeah, just being with someone you don't even truly love, but you just you know you just kind of kicking time, wasting so, time. So why were you there then? What exactly. made you do that? Just kicking time, wasting time. You know, she was she was good looking. Just waste time, kick time. That's what I'm saying. Like. And then it just things become toxic. Hmm. I don't know. It's a, that's a hard one to really dive into because, in like career sense, I don't feel like I've made too many bad choices. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been pretty well with being intuitive and making good choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and life, I feel like overall, I've made pretty good choices, but I've made mistakes. Like, do I wish I had a daughter with someone that I love? A hundred percent. I had a daughter at 20 years old. Mm. Right. But again, that's my biggest blessing ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like my, I see my daughter as like a direct reflection of myself. I'm like, 
Oh my god! Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful to see that. Just to watch that as an outsider is that your observations are pretty cool, man. Yeah, and she's yeah, she's like literally a two Like she makes videos. No, no way. Yeah, she makes videos like every day. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So like, she's gonna be a beast. Whatever I do, it's hey 2. Kevin, 0. we have to hire her in ten years. All right. <laughs> whatever I do is two Like she's. We're going to give her her start, okay? We're going to do everything we can. She's already started. We already got videos in the bank. Like, <laughs> We're good. The, 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 it's already about to come okay, out. Well, okay, you listen, well, hit us, hit us gonna, with that hourly she's gonna, rate. She's going to come on the podcast. Okay. So. <laughs> she's going to come on the podcast. Can, can, can you connect me? Yeah, I okay, got you. Okay, bet. The dadager over here. <laughs> I don't know. That one's really hard, but, like, you know, I would say just keeping toxic people in my life that didn't need to be there, you yeah. know? And then... You know, uh, I think there's a point where we have like friends or like relationships and we know we should get rid of it. But for some reason, like that toxicity is like comfortable or you just don't want to go through that point of removing that person. It happens with friends. I literally just had to cut off a best friend of mine, Tough. like remove somebody out of my life because I was like, yo, you're way too toxic. You know what I'm saying? And that's hard. And I felt bad. I still feel bad. I'm like, man, I've known you a long time, but like you got to go. Yeah, I did that with a close friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in years. I haven't talked to him since I did it. It just it just happens. Yeah. But imagine if you didn't. I'd be in a worse place. Exactly, right? Hands down. And that's the biggest mistake is that I was in a situation with somebody that I was with them for too long. Mm. Yeah. Right? And I think I think that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? It becomes comfortable. Yeah, it becomes comfortable. I see, I see it a lot. You know, I see it a lot. And, and other people as well yeah i'd argue a lot of marriages are like that but that's so, just me over here having opinions and no shit. I, I have the same <laughs> i see i see that a lot as well i see yeah. that I, I think relationships almost need to be redefined in our society because i think everything's changing we don't have a roadmap like no. there is a there is a roadmap right but before i feel like there was a more clear concrete roadmap like you know I see, I'm seeing a lot more single people in their 30s now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's a beautiful, a beautiful thing beautiful. because like people are like allowing themselves to just be who they are and like grow. But I'm interested. It's interesting on what it's going to be like 30, 40 years from now. Everyone's going to be tatted up, like no kids and stuff. Like what's I don't going? know. I don't know. I was having another conversation uh, with, with someone and, and they were saying, yo, it's so funny. Like I have someone that works for me and they're like, hey, I'm going to move to another place and, um, and be with my boyfriend and I want to I wanna work at this location out here or I want to move, you know, and leave the company to go be with that person. And he's like, yeah, you know, like, cool, like, do, do whatever you feel is right for you. Right. But I think just looking at it like it's so funny, you know, this person's in like, you know, mid-20s, early 20s and it's like, I just see all these people, you know, he's like 40 and he's like, it's so funny, like, until you're 30, like, you're really a teenager. That's how I feel. Like you're you're really so it's like all these kids are just going around marrying each other and shit. That's like how, how wrong is that? <laughs> like well, that's literally how. Because when I turned thirty, I was like, I just feel like I'm becoming like an adult now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm in like a super young adult. Yeah, like my twenties was child play. Yeah, and a lot a lot of people don't, like how many people truly know themselves in their twenties? Oh, I don't. And then they tie the knot for life. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. I mean, no, I, mean like, I think they said divorce rates are like seventy sixty. Something like something, that. Like, something crazy. But yeah. Yeah, it was funny because I remember, like, from my generation. So, like, I'm 22, mm-hmm. and so I'm born. Damn, you're young. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, you seem a lot older. You're, no, no, you're, no, you're in tune, bro. I'm uh, I'm born in '96. Thank you, thank you. Um, 
I'm born in 96. And so, like, my parents are split. Like, I was, I was, I was a bastard child and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. And, you know, ugly, whatever, whatever. Wow, you call yourself the bastard child. I was one, too. I just don't like using that terminology. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, like, you know, I don't know. Whatever. Black sheep. I don't know. I don't care. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and my generation was... I always thought like, oh, no, 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 no. When we grow up and we become in our 20s and our 30s, we start to get married and stuff or, or get, to, get to that age where we're supposed to get married. We're all going to be like, oh, look at our parents. And we're right. like, oh, we're, all of our parents are divorced. We're not going to get married. But it's like, oh, no, no, that satisfies an internal need. Like marriage is like a cheat code because we have all these like marriage and religion are both cheat codes. This is how I look at it because we all have this like existential crisis moment where we're like, oh, shit, what is life? Where's the meaning of life? And we have two decisions. Either we go into the weeds or we try to dig deep down into that shit or we go, oh, this this marriage is the meaning mm-hmm. religion is the meaning mm-hmm. you know and, and we go down that route mm-hmm. and it just shows that like oh yeah we had the knowledge and we saw firsthand what happened mm-hmm. and society's changed and shit you know, it was different than it was then but we still jump into these things just because it fulfills our needs like we are such a fundamental human species like a, such a simple species mm-hmm. like at the end of the day mm-hmm. we can have these in-depth conversations about everything mm-hmm. but like at the end of the day we have needs and we need to fulfill them and how you do things is right. fulfilling your needs and you may be you may think on another level on a higher level and 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 and, and, and you know vibrate in a higher frequency but you're still fulfilling your needs at 100%. the end of the day yeah 100% I don't know what I was talking about, but anyway. everybody, everybody got different needs. Like for me, is is interesting because I actually I don't desire. I have no desire to be married or even be in a relationship. But it happens. You know, some people are like, I want a relationship. Yeah. Some people are like, I want to be married. Yeah. That only happens for me once someone's like in my viewfinder and I've connected on like a level. Now that happened after before celibacy. You'd be like, Oh, I want a girl. It mm. only happens now after like getting to really know someone right now i'm single i have no interest in nothing i'm like in my mind i'm never getting married i'm never gonna be in a relationship i have no desire mm-hmm. but i'm completely open that i may meet someone tomorrow and after time oh my god my whole like i could want kids again mm-hmm. i don't know but right now i'm like no there's no desire that for though so mm-hmm. i know there's nothing i'm trying to fill if i meet someone all of that is clearly getting spawned out of love yeah right yeah it's like it's like if you're before that you're before that the thought pattern is like, oh, I want a wife or I want a girl. And it's like, you're saying I want a wife or I want a husband the same way you're saying, like, I want a plant. Right. Oh, I want a, pl- I want a computer. I want a new iPhone. And you're, yeah, you're looking to fill that position. You're like, <laughs> you like you're taking applications Yeah, you're and taking shit, applications. You know? I kind of just look at it different. Like, I'll meet somebody and it just grows into that. Right, right, Instead right. Instead of like, right, okay, right. who's going to be my wife? Let me fill in the gap. It's not like that. Yeah. Women. I say, man. Watch out. Yeah, I say, man. It's powerful. Like, watch out. Get a hold on that. Most powerful person. I thought I was really like. Um, my father has a lot of issues around that, and my father's a very like uh, powerful, heart of gold, incredible work ethic. Right. Uh, women has been his detriment his entire life. Right. And I've seen that and looked at that firsthand and been like, okay, that's how you don't do it. Right. Cool. You had that, yeah. Let me go. So like I. I'm a long-term relationship guy mm-hmm. and I like, I, I need to work on that as well. Mm-hmm. But I've always had like sustained, amazing relationships. Right, right, like, I'm right, friends right. with my exes and stuff right, like that right, because right. it's like from day one, it was like have good relationships. Right, 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 right. Like right. that is paramount. And I'm right, still right, like right. obsessed with that as well. Really? Right. Oh, 100%. How do you do that? Like how do you remain friends with them even after? 
I just I'm super honest, man. That's good. I'm just like brute, and I'm like I'll rip the bandaid off. Really? A hundred percent. I have good. to. I have to, because if I'm with you, like if I'm if I'm in a relationship with you, I like I love you, and I will always because I I love your soul. Mm-hmm. Now, if our souls aren't aligning and we aren't growing in the same direction, okay, cool, right? We'll rip the bandaid off and stuff. Of course, but like even like I see some maxes are doing complete like are completely different people, right? Completely different people, of course. you know. Yeah. And, and I'm like I'm like oh wow, like I knew you were gonna be a beautiful person. Right. And I'm fucking happy for you. That's amazing. Right. And there's still that love and that connection. Like it's a different, it's in a different place. Like I don't want to be with you. I don't want to sleep with you. No, of nothing. Course, yeah. right? right. But it's like, that's amazing. But right. it's, it's because at every step of the way, I was brutally honest. Right. And just dealt with the immediate ramifications. That's, that's real. I think. That's real. You're wise, man. <sighs> It's all theories, man. I don't have anything figured out. <laughs> but if it's, you know, it's practical, if it's working, it's working. Yeah. Right? And that's good. I mean, I think being honest is obviously, I don't think it's a theory. I think that's always the way to go. I think, I think that's timeless. I think that's timeless. I think that's I think timeless. that's what frees you as well. You yeah. Know, like, it doesn't feel good to hold on to lies and things. No, definitely doesn't. Anyways, man, where, where can people find you? Where do you want to direct people? People listen to this conversation and they're inspired. They want to get in touch with you. They want to, you know, tune in with your content, vibrate on your frequency. How do we, uh, how do we find you? Yeah, so definitely a YouTube. I say my YouTube, Hindsight, H-I-N-D-Z, Sight, S-I-G-H-T. Yes. Same as Instagram. But the YouTube is definitely where I put more attention. There will be content coming back on there very soon time. And yeah, hit me up on there or DM me, IG. Bless, but only at the right time of the day. I'll just get, yeah, I'll, yeah, I may not respond right away, but I'll definitely, I, I respond to every single person that hits me up because when people hit me up, I'll get like these long messages yeah. and I'm like, okay, I got to take the time to yeah. like respond. I can't just be like, yeah, you know, I gotta, yeah. I gotta respond. So you can't no. just prayer emoji that one. You no, gotta, you got to go back on that. No, but definitely, yeah. Thank you, and uh, that's where you can follow me. Cool, man. Well, Heinz, I really appreciate your time, and I think a lot of people got a lot out of this. And I, I enjoyed the conversation, man. I appreciate your energy. I appreciate what you're doing and where you're going, what you're creating, yeah. um, and the people that you're gonna change and the people that you're gonna inspire. So thank you for doing a service to your community. Ultimately, wow. Thank you for having so. me here. This is a great platform. Thank you, brother. And uh, listen, man, until next time, let's have you back. Let's have a different conversation. I can't wait to sit down with the next iteration of Heinz. Yeah, because it's coming right now. I want to sit and listen. Brewing. Listen, when, you, when, when you're an interior designer, come holler. Before oh, yeah, that, yeah, come yeah, holler. Yeah. I'll come <laughs> holler at the beginning stages of it. All right, cheers, man. That's All it. Right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Bless. Appreciate you.